You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. The Dave Rothenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. And there's the moments of, is it Rothenberg, is someone sitting in? And that moment is now over. I am here all the way till noon. Then it's Gordon Damer. Then it's Pat O'Keefe. And then it is an all-important Islanders and Lightning Game 4 from the Coliseum right here on 98.7 ESPN. We have a lot to do today. Yankees, everyone feeling good. They've won three in a row. They sweep away Toronto. And then they go up against the Oakland A's, another good team. And mm-mm-mm-mm. Jamison Tyon, who I think it's fair to say has been a tremendous disappointment on the hill last night. And the Yankees lose to the A's uh, at the stadium. They'll go at it again today at 1 o'clock with Herman on the mound for the Yanks. Mets, you know, they, were, they were rolling along. Playing so well, pitching was great, uh, pitching continues to be great, but the Mets lose last night. Again, Lucchese, another good outing from him. The bullpen, for the most part, was good. Uh, Diaz allows a run in the ninth, and the Mets lose this one by the score of one to nothing. So we'll certainly get into those two games, those two teams. Kind of feel like they're uh, heading in two different directions right now. Obviously, the DeGrom situation will continue to be a concern. I, I think I'm going to watch DeGrom. And feel like I do every time Giancarlo Stanton runs the bases. Like just, oh, oh God, what's going to happen? And I think that I'm going to feel like that about DeGrom every time he takes the mound. Maybe maybe for the rest of his career. Because it's, it's four times this year that he's had to leave a game just not feeling well, not feeling right. And you hold your breath and what's wrong. I, I think that's the new normal when it comes to DeGrom. Uh, I, I want to start with the NBA. But before I do that. Typically, uh, the producer on this show, one, one Ty D. Butler, ter- terrific young guy uh, out of Syracuse. We know that. We make fun of him. We, we jab back and forth. Um, I think maybe he's, he's better uh, than he even thinks he is. Does a terrific job, right? He is not with me today, not with us today. And usually I bring him on at 9.15 and we go back and forth. Ty D. Butler is a proud new papa of Noah Donovan Butler. So I wanted to take a moment to lead the show. I, I don't know the particulars. I don't know if you care, right? I'm sure there's nobody like, well, how big was the baby? I, I don't even have that information. Was it a 6'8"? Is it 7'4"? Right? I want pounds and ounces, Rothenberg. I, I want inches and I want pounds and ounces. I don't have that information for you, but what I do have is Ty D. Butler is a proud new papa, and we are very happy for him. So if you'd like to tweet over to him at Ty D. Butler, um, you can and wish him well, and congratulations, and uh, enjoy the next 18 years until that little baby leaves the house, and then you'll probably never see him again, and that's an issue that I am going to deal with in four years. But let's start with the NBA. A um, couple of things to get into. First of all, and, and I told everyone, and I was so confident that the Utah Jazz were not winning the championship that I actually put the naked video that I have and that Jerry taped of me when the Giants won Super Bowl Forty Two prancing around the house with Ben, who's now 14, as a little baby, as a newborn. I put the naked video up against Carlin, who would have to give me a, a full Peter Luger's experience for two people uh, if the Jazz won the championship. And I told him it was a stupid pick at the time, and we re- revisit it right now, and it's a ridiculous pick. They had a 20, I think it was a 26-point lead last night, and they let it get away to the Clippers, who go to the uh, Western Conference Finals for the first time in their um, franchise's history. 
and they let that get away. And I know that people say, well, Donovan Mitchell was hurt. Kawhi Leonard didn't play. He, he didn't play in the game. Well, Mike Conley was hurt. Kawhi Leonard didn't play. And they came back from down 26 and, and a, an embarrassment for Utah. So now your Western Conference Finals is set, right? You got, you got Phoenix. You got the Clippers. But it's amazing what's happening in the NBA right now. We don't know who's hurt, who's going to play, who's not going to be able to, how long they're – we don't know the deal with Chris Paul, right? We don't know if Kawhi's going to come back. You look at the East, Joel Embiid, it seems like he's kind of banged up. Danny Green is out. Kyrie Irving not going to play in an all-important huge game seven tonight. So, you know, James Harden is a, is a shell of himself. Um, Hunter on the Hawks is out. I don't ever remember. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. And, of course, as always, the phone lines are open, 800-919-3776. Do you ever remember an NBA postseason with this many injuries? With this many? I mean, Anthony Davis, you know, went down. LeBron James also doesn't seem like he was 100%. I, I don't ever remember this many injuries. And then we have two Game 7s in the Eastern Conference. We have Philadelphia and Atlanta. And I guess that game is tomorrow. And then tonight we have the Nets against the Bucks. And... I don't know. I, I, honestly, I don't know how to feel about this game. This is kind of a perplexing because I, I don't know. I, I will say this, and I think it's fair to say, and I think most people would completely agree with this. If the Nets had been healthy from the jump in this series, they would have swept Milwaukee. What they did to them in the first two games was just, with really with no Harden, was remarkable. And now we sit here and we have a game seven. But Milwaukee has fully now entrenched themselves into this series. But I, I just, uh, the home team has won every game. I, I find it difficult to believe that Milwaukee, maybe they do, Milwaukee goes on the road for a game seven. And with Harden going from game five where he was almost unplayable to game six where he looked much better. And now to game seven. Um, and again, maybe I'm wrong and I don't think we have all the answers certainly now. I, I expect Harden to figure it out, and I expect the Nets to find a way to win this game. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know. It's a pick'em game. It feels a little fishy to me. I'm, I'm certainly very, very uncertain with what direction this game goes in, but I, I just I would feel weird picking Milwaukee on the road in a game seven. And, and I don't trust Milwaukee. See, the, the Nets are, are hobbled, and I guess this is the question. If the Nets lose this game tonight, and not that there's a huge fan base of Nets fans just, you know, oozing out of the, the crevices of the New York area. But if the Nets lose this game tonight, is this is a, a oh, I told you so. I told you this thing wasn't going to work. Or is it a full pass? And it's, well, they didn't win because they're hurt. They're still the best team. And when healthy next year, they'll win the whole thing. Like, I, I wonder, and, and I'd like to throw that out there at the jump today, 800-919-3776. I, I guess it has to be the latter, where they're the best and they're not going to win solely because they're hurt. But I'm not shocked by this. Like, we saw all season long, and we all thought, well, when we get to the postseason, they'll just turn it on, which they've been able to do. But health has been a legitimate concern for this team. That's the, the only, at least in my mind, and I don't know if you agree or disagree, the only thing that stands in the way right now of the Nets and a championship is health. If you told me Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Kevin Durant 
We're all at maximum health. I, I mean, I, I would put anything on that team to win. Who's getting in the way of that team? Philadelphia? Oh, Philly's dangerous and scary. Please. Philly, Philly is, in a normal year, they're nowhere near a championship team. The only reason that they have a whiff is because this is such a bizarre down year in the NBA. And because and the Nets are such a, 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 I mean, an injury disaster at the moment. But Philly's got their hands full with what, what, what they have going on right now. I think going game seven against Atlanta. Can you, you don't trust any of these teams. You don't. I mean, everyone loves Denver. They get hammered in the first round. Everyone loves the Clippers. They looked horrendous and then found their way out of a, a paper bag somehow. And they're in the Western Conference Finals. Everyone loves Utah. And they, they embarrassed themselves in this series. You're 2-2 at home. They don't have their best player. And you can't win that game. And then you go on the road and you're up by 26 points and you lose. Give me a break. What a horrendous appearance from Utah in the postseason. So the only reason this is even up for grabs with the, with the Phoenixes of the world, and the Clippers of the world, and the Philly and the Atlanta and, and the Milwaukee is because the Nets are all banged up and this is just a bizarre season. And, and I guess it probably goes back to the fact that there was no offseason. Like, well, when did the NBA season end in the bubble and, and when did it start now? I, I'm thinking that's why, right? Because there's just no offseason? Because do you ever remember a postseason where there's this many guys that have been hurt for this long? I mean, superstar players. And this is just kind of the era that it feels like we're in. But back to the Nets and the Bucks. Uh, so Brooklyn, I'm looking right now on ESPN, is a point-and-a-half favorite. But I, I've seen as low as a pick to a point-and-a-half or whatever the case may be. I mean, it, it's in essence, it's a pick. I, I just I can't get around the fact that Brooklyn wins this game. And maybe I'm wrong, and I have no idea. I actually hope they win because I, I, I don't want to see Milwaukee and Philadelphia, Milwaukee and Atlanta, and then what? And then Phoenix and, and Milwaukee in the NBA Finals? That's got no juice for me. right? Ultimately, would I like to see Brooklyn lose? I think so. I, I think that, they, that they're just, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Kyrie. I don't love Harden. I don't love Durant. I'm not saying I don't recognize the talent in those guys, but I, I, don't, I don't love what they are a lot off the court. Kyrie, certainly. And then Harden forcing his way here. And well, listen, I, I know a lot of people disagree. I'm not a fan of the way Durant joined the Warriors. I'm not. You know, Durant went from having Russell Westbrook, didn't like that fine. He could have gone to any other team in the NBA, and I would have been fine with it. He joins a 73-win team. I personally, I'm not saying you have to feel the same way. I did not like it. And then he leaves there, and he comes to a Kyrie and now a James Harden team. Now, he's great. He clearly doesn't need those guys, and that, to me, is what's even more perplexing. But does Brooklyn win this game tonight? Does it affect how you feel about them if they do not? Because I think it's clear as day that if they're healthy, they're winning the championship. But obviously, right now at this moment, they're not healthy. So there's a lot of little intricacies at play right now. But I hope they win because I think they're a better storyline than anybody else right now. So if I got to see Philadelphia and Brooklyn— you know what? That's more intriguing than Milwaukee and whoever is going to come out of that other, other seven-game series in the East. So that's where we are at the NBA. 800-919-3776. We'll certainly continue with that for a little bit. Uh, we'll get to the Yankees who, you know, it's like, all right, here we go. A little better. Sweep of Toronto. Bats are out. Come home. Tampa's losing. Things are heading in the right direction. And then all the way back with a tie-on start, which is just, I mean, he's just bad. 
we're we're halfway through the season. The guy's ERA is inches away from six. That I mean, there's no there's no two ways about it. That's that's just bad. So you got Herman on the mound today, and we'll see if he can give you a- anything at all. Mets, uh, you know, they're fine. They're scoring runs. It's no problem. And then the game against the Cubs, nothing. Game last night, nothing. They got to put a couple runs on the board, but their pitching continues to just be nothing short of phenomenal. And of course, the Islanders in a huge game four tonight, a game you can hear right here uh, at 7.30 on 98.7 ESPN. So that's where we jump off. We have a lot to do. We'll do Stump Rothenberg at 10.30. This is a big shoes to fill for Jake and Mike today. We'll see if they're up to the task. A lot to do. Busy Saturday. Beautiful day outside. We're into summer. Let's roll. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. ESPN take you till noon that's when uh, the great Gordon Damer takes over and then into Pat O'Keefe and then Islanders and Lightning game four and and I know you say oh you're New York and how dare you go Lightning I mean really I've never wanted the Lightning to win a game more than I do tonight can we just put an end to this nonsense And, and I know we've been through it before and I stand by it more today than I ever have if you're a Rangers fan you're not rooting for the Islanders. That's it. It's just, it's that plain and simple. You, you, you are not provided the option of, well, it's another New York team. No, it doesn't work like that. And you say, well, who let you make the rules? I make the rules. All right, when it comes to that kind of fandom, I make the rules. And you can follow along or you can choose to ignore and be a fraud. 800-919-3776. So I told you when we started the show that uh, Ty D. Butler had a little baby. We're thrilled about that. Can't wait to have him back. I'll probably take off, I imagine, next week as well and then be back as we flip the calendar into July. But what that means, and if you'd like to you know, tweet over to Ty to see a lot of people are at Ty D. Butler uh, on Twitter, what that means is that Jake is producing the show. And I know Jake's a big Yankees fan and really a personable all-around guy. So I say good morning to you, one Jake Lapidus. How are you? Good morning, Dave. How are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I feel like... I feel like this could be a Wally Pitt moment. Um, I feel like Ty taking days, and no one is judging him for that. I did the same thing when my kids were born. But taking days for the birth of his beautiful child, not here. We don't get the greatness that he provides. We get the greatness that you provide. And my concern for him is what happens if you are just sensational. (laughs) Well, first off, I want to say congrats to him and his wifey. I know him and wifey have been very excited to bring this baby into the world. So congrats to both of them. But I'm excited to be here. You know, I love working with you. Well, I'm I'm happy to have you as well. And and I'm pleased because I know your your team is the Yankees, right? That's the team above all else that you you just love the most. If you follow me on Twitter, you know, I am a huge Yankees fan. So that was a, I mean, you feel like you're heading in the right direction and you get it kind of ripped away last night with the Oakland A's coming to town. Well, that's kind of how it's been this entire season. Once they give you some hope, all of a sudden they go, you know, one foot forward, three steps back. We'll see what happens with the rest of the series against Oakland. But, you know, rough game last night. Giving up a home run to Tony Kemp is never really in the game plan. So we'll see what happens today. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, Herman on the mound today for the Yankees. And who's on the mound Sunday? It's not Cole yet. We can't be back to him. I should know. It might be my, it might be Jordan Montgomery, not Jake Montgomery, but good old Jordan Montgomery. Oh boy. All right. Well, we'll see some pressure on the Yankees too. You can't, you can't lose these next two at a minimum. You got to go one and one, which is another series loss, which is 
which is no good. All right, let's get to the calls. 800-919-3776. We'll do that in a moment. Um, XT John John says, Dave, we've got to stop with the narratives that no one would want to see a Buck Suns finals. Why wouldn't basketball fans want to see an all-time great point guard, a 26-year-old two-time MVP, and a young star, Devin Booker? Listen, I'm not saying there's not talent. I'm not saying I'm not intrigued by that. But I don't think that the nation is captivated by the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. And I guarantee you, I, I guarantee you, if Adam Silver came on the show right now and I said, would you rather see Philly or Brooklyn and I, I guess L.A., right, or the Suns and the Bucks, that he would take the bigger markets. I guarantee you. I'm not saying there's not talent. I mean, Giannis is a tremendous talent. Chris Paul, I, I, I hope he wins the whole thing. I, I want to see Phoenix win the whole thing. But I just think that those smaller markets and those teams, is there any sex appeal at all with Milwaukee? I'm not saying that they're not a talented team and they're not a good team. But, I mean, Giannis is not, he's not a sexy player. The Nets are sexy. Milwaukee is not. 800-919-3776. All right, let's get to the phones. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Mel in Jersey. Mel, lead us off Saturday morning. You're on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, good morning, Dave. So, right, I'm a Mets fan, man. And I've been excited since we got KB and Kyrie last year. So, with that being said, man, it's been a great season. But if we lose tonight because of bad play calling, I see, like, bad plays. I look at the other coach, and he looks like he's manipulating our defense to do things. And they, like, getting over on us. And, like, you know, we taking terrible shots time after time or possession after possession, uh, you know, um, turnovers and stuff, then I'm going to be upset. But the best ability in sports is availability. And since we're missing a few players, you know, I'm going to be rational and I'm going to digest that and be like, all right, we got next year. And I hope that, you know, we bring more talent and things go better next year. But How much more talent, Mel, can you possibly time? bring to this basketball team <laughs> you have right now? They, 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 it, might, be, they might have the most York. talent in the history of the NBA on one, on one given team. Nah, but it's because it's New York, the home of the Yankees, you know, and the Brooklyn Nets, you know, they, they getting stars just like the Yankees got stars. So, you know, I never know. I, I have no idea what's going This happen, is not you know? the, the Yankees, and thanks for the call, Mel. You can't <laughs> compare these two. The Yankees were babies. I mean, Jeter was a baby back in the day. I, I think that's what you're saying, that the Yankees of the, of the 90s were this, you know, young team. The Nets are not young. Durant is not young. Harden is not young. To squander opportunities where you have a golden chance to win a championship, you never know. I mean, did you think this year that we wouldn't have these guys? You don't know what next year brings you. If the Nets don't win tonight, I'm sorry. This season has been a failure. A failure. And I'm not saying there's not a reason for why it's happened, but if I would have told you a, a month ago, Nets lose in the second round to Milwaukee, is that a success or a failure? That is a failure. So don't give me this, well, if we lose tonight and they, they just get outplayed next year is another year, you flip the calendar. No. No, I don't know what Kyrie Irving's going to do next year, if and when he's going to up and leave. I don't know that Kevin Durant's going to be healthy. I say this all the time. You have an opportunity to win a championship. You better do it because you never know when it's going to happen again. You have no idea. It could be 40 years, for all you know. I mean, look at the Rangers. They win in 94, and now we're 2021. The, law, the Mets in 86. The Mets are going to be great forever. And we're what? We're 35 years later, and they they've, haven't won again. You never know. So don't give me this, well, next year, uh-uh. 
You never know. Scotty, Long Island. Good morning, Scott. You're on 98.7. Hey, good morning. The Rock of DCR. Love Saturday morning, Dave. I appreciate it, Scotty. What, what do you bring it to the table today? Something great, I would imagine. Okay. Okay, so, yeah. So, I was going to talk about the Nets, but I want to get to your point about rooting for the Islanders, diehard Islander fans. If it's the roles are reversed and the Rangers are in it, I am not rooting for the Rangers. I'm rooting for Tampa. So I am totally in agreement with you. Nor, nor should you, Scotty. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect you to. If you were a diehard Islanders fan and the Rangers were here going up against whoever they were going up against, I wouldn't expect you to root for the Rangers. In fact, I would call you a fraud Islanders fan if you did root for the Rangers. Exactly. You're not just a New York fan. I'm a Nets fan. I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Jets fan. And I'm an Islander fan. I root for my teams and my teams only. Uh, to get to your net point, I think the Nets do get a pass because of injury. Um, I just think that they're banged up. They're going to come back next year. But my prediction is they win game seven and we get our, uh, our, our series moving forward. I think they will as well, and thanks for the phone call. But, you know, again, be very careful with this. You know, because this window is what, three years maybe? Well, if you, if you punt on this one, and now you look to next year, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Kyrie Irving is not the most stable guy in the world where he couldn't decide, yeah, you know what, I don't want to play basketball anymore. Like, you never know. You have an opportunity now. You don't look at the opposition and say, boy, that's, that's, that's the Bulls of the mid-'90s. That, that's the, the Kobe Shaq Lakers. They're fine. They're a good basketball team who has real flaws in Milwaukee. Every team has real flaws. Milwaukee's flawed. Philly. I mean, Philly's point guard. I'm sorry. If I'm a 76ers fan, I can't even stomach Ben Simmons at this point. He, he is, oh, God. He doesn't want, he, he runs away from the big moment and the big shot. George and Elizabeth. George, you're next up on 98.7. Hey, how you doing, DCR? Love your show. Um, I just want to say, I know you were saying that you never know. Don't, you don't want to hear about next year. But you gotta admit, you gotta be a little excited about next year, and you know all the guys that are coming back, the Clay Thompsons and everybody else that got hurt. You know, a good regular off season to get right. Well, no, I didn't. When I said George, when I said I didn't so want to hear excited. about next year, George, I didn't mean for the NBA as a whole. I meant for the Nets championship hopes. When you have a championship staring you dead in the face right now, that's what I meant. Absolutely, oh, I, okay. health of all I these agree, other guys is great for next year. Next year, watching watching all these young guys come of age in the NBA and seeing all the veterans taking their last stab at greatness, you know, I think next year is going to be, I mean, absolutely fabulous. And I would love to see a healthy Nets team next year. I mean, all the way through a healthy Lakers team, healthy Knicks team. And, and I think next year is just going to be a great, great season. Again, barring injury. Well, I think that's kind of the caveat a period. And thanks for the call. Right? In, in any sport. It's going to be great as long as we don't have huge injuries. If the Nets were fully healthy, I, I think they would be a joy to watch. Because they're not right now. I mean, they, they struggle at times to score. They're kind of a shell of themselves. If they were healthy, they're at a different level than everybody else. But I just be careful pushing off this. Well, next year we'll be fine. It'll all work out. How, how often do you say that? And it just doesn't. So to, to look at that, I don't know. You have an opportunity tonight. You're home. It's a pick em game. Go out there and figure out a way to win this game. I mean, Harden got better physically from game five to game six. Durant is Durant. You're home. 
Joe Harris might want to wake up and step up for this game. Blake Griffin, too. Uh, Jeff Green had a great game five. Let's go. Go out there and take care of business. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. ESPN time now for the truly hard play of the game brought to you by truly hard seltzer. I mean, we don't have to, to look far and wide. It's it's right here in our own backyard. One Tony Kemp with a three run homer in the sixth inning last night, providing enough offense for the A's to um, get out of Dodge with a five three victory. That, of course, is your truly hard play of the game brought to you by truly hard seltzer. Try Truly Hard Seltzer, 100 calories, 1 gram of sugar, 5% alcohol, and 27 different flavors. Truly Hard Seltzer, beverage company. Please drink responsibly. 800-919-3776. We continue with the NBA, and we'll we'll dip around a little bit later in the show. Certainly want to incorporate some Islanders calls into the show. Tampa, slight favorite. Uh, in the game tonight, uh, Islanders lose tonight, and I think the series is over. And I know you say, well, they won three in a row against Boston. They won three in a row against Pittsburgh. There's a different animal. You're, you're, I guess there's a chance, but I would say it's minuscule that the Islanders go down three to one. And you know what? If they lose this game tonight, there's a, a, a pretty good chance that this is the last ever game in the Coliseum. So a whole heck of a lot on the line, and you can listen to all of it at 730 right here on 9870 ESPN. Let's uh, let's go to Greg in Piscataway. Greg, uh, you're next up on 98.7 ESPN. Dave, good morning, sir. Good morning, Greg. How are you? I, I'm good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing terrific. Yeah. Good, good, good. I know it's a sensitive subject. Actually, how no, you are, no. So. You know what? I feel I like <laughs> I feel like I don't love it continuously, but I feel like like one an hour. I'm willing to answer how I'm doing. When it becomes more than that, it it it's overkill. But go ahead. Greg. Fair the enough. The floor is yours. Please Fair enough. It. Dave, I think absolutely, positively not do the Nets get a pass. You know two factors. You know who you're teaming up with when when you when when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and then ultimately James Harden came to join. Kyrie Irving's a, a injury prone player. Kevin Durant was coming off of an Achilles. That's number one. Number two, these guys thought they were gaming the system and laughing at the league the whole time. They thought it was all going to work out and. They were going to win a championship, and they were going to laugh at everybody saying, oh, we did it, you know, um, despite what everyone says. So I do not feel any, not not any, I won't feel bad whatsoever if the Nets don't win a championship. And ultimately, I hope that it comes back to fight them in the butt. Well, h- hang on a second. I didn't say, Greg, for a second that I would feel badly about it. I, I, I don't feel you. any. It doesn't affect me. I don't feel badly. I'm not heartbroken by this at all. So I, yeah. I don't feel badly. I'm just I'm just wondering, do they get a pass? Because I mean, Kyrie is is not playing, and James Harden is a shell of himself. That's my question. No, no, absolutely not. It, it, it's a factor. You have to factor injuries into the. No, you don't get a pass, and it's just two years out of three that they, or two the first two years that if this happens tonight, hopefully it does that they haven't won a championship. And they, they pay Kevin Durant the full year to sit on the bench. I know, I know. Then let me ask you this, Greg. Obviously, you yeah. want them to lose. I'm, I'm fine with that as well. If I offered you they go to the finals and lose on a bigger stage, would you take that just to get to watch more of them? Or would you say, you know what, just get them out right now? No, and here's the reason why. A lot of the guys in my office and I have a couple friends who are um, Nets fans, 
I can say you guys spent all this money, you bought Kevin Durant in, and you only got one round further than us, the Knicks. Don't, don't so, say that. Greg, be better than that. Why, why does everything <laughs> in your life have to compare to the Knicks? Why can't you just look at the Knicks? As, why? I've, I've, I've taken so much slander throughout the years, Dave. People used to laugh at me. I, I lived in D.C. for three years. People literally used to laugh at me when I wear my Knicks stuff. Laugh at me. I'm torn. I'm a broken man, Dave. I understand that, but I don't understand why another team succeeding or not succeeding, who really have, has no. And it's also, play. and it's also too, but it's also too how the Nets went about it. They had the big sign outside of the Garden. You know, they 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 let it be known that they were coming for the New York fans. Well, that, that's that's comical, Greg. And thanks for the call, and have a great weekend. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, I don't know how many times we have to go through it, but I don't I don't understand why. The Nets. I really don't. Why the Nets elicit such reaction from the Knicks fan, where the Knicks fan now has to call and 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 feel a way about it. Who cares? It doesn't matter. They're never going to own New York. They're a terrific team now. They're way better than the Knicks are right now. They're way more relevant than the Knicks are at the moment. And in the long term, this will be a nice story, and it'll go away, and then they'll go back to their virtual irrelevance in Brooklyn. But they're a terrific team now. But it doesn't impact the Knicks or how you feel about them, or it shouldn't. Let's go to Danny, Long Island. Danny, you're next up on 98.7. Good morning, Dave. Love listening to you as I'm doing my five-mile hike. I agree a five? With you 100%. Danny, that's a big hike. Yeah, I, I, got, I got the preserve out the back door of my house. I got to get up every morning, take a nice walk, smell the flowers. Look, look at, you know, very, so this is a daily, like a five-mile hike every single day? Oh, yeah. Either before work or after work. Wow. Well, good for you. Well, all I'm doing is walking and listening to you. It's, 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 it's barely exercise to me. All right. Well, listen, well I'm, impre- I'm impressed by it, Danny. If, if no one else you. cares that you're doing this, I'm impressed by it. Well, how about this? When I get done with this, I'm taking a bike ride up to, with, with the wife. It has that. So, so you're, you're, like, you're, like, a, you're like an Iron Man, really, is what you're saying. When yeah. does the swim happen? Well, yeah, I'll float in my pool afterwards. It's like that. Two people. Uh, so anyway, listen, I agree with you 100% on the rivalry I'm an Islander fan. The, the only real rivalry we have in these sports, everything is made up, is Islander Rangers because they play each other eight times. They've played each other in the playoffs, I think, seven or eight times. I wouldn't root for the Rangers if they were playing Boston, and I never root for Boston. I mean, so everything else is just made up, but I, I agree 100%. I've never uh, rooted Danny, for the Rangers. I totally agree. When the Islanders played Boston, I detest the Bruins, but I, but I, I felt like I, I loved Boston because that's how much I can't stand the Islanders. Yes. When, when the Yankees were playing the Red Sox in the playoffs, I rooted for the Red Sox. The minute the Red Sox won, I rooted for anyone who was playing them because I, I could never root for uh, a team from Boston. They've had enough uh, victories. Uh, two, two items before I go up the phone. The grounds now come off the mound three times, which what things now, well, the doctors are telling are nothing. At what point does Jacob DeGrom, he looks like a great gamer, but at some point are these doctors telling him there's nothing wrong with you? There's, every time you hear and feel an ache or a pain, not, you know, your arm isn't coming out, and you might have to pitch through it because there's nothing here. I mean, is that going to happen at some point? I don't know. I think you have to treat him with real kid gloves. I mean, the last thing that you can afford to have happen is that – I mean, it, it, Danny, it's so unnatural to take a baseball and, and try to throw it and, and, and throw it at 100-plus miles an hour over and over and over and over. If he says it's it amazing. hurts and it, it, and it doesn't feel well, I'm sure, I'm sure that that's the case, and, and you have to be real careful. Listen – do I need him to go out there against the Cubs on a Wednesday night in June and push through? No. 
come out of the game, live to see another day. If that's October 18th and they're in the NLCS, maybe it's a different conversation. Now, now what Tom Seaver once said a long time ago, he learned his second or third year into the year, it's his career, that fooling, fooling a guy with a, cha- with a change-up on the first pitch and having him pop up was better than a seven-pitch strikeout. The idea is to minimize the pitches and stay in the game. Now, in 2020, with the juiced-up ball, better bats and juiced-up plays, I don't know if you can afford to let people hit the contact because they're all just so big that everybody Danny, on the team he can does. Run, so. he went, he, last Friday, he went six innings. He threw 80 pitches. So it's That's not like he's not efficient. I don't, it's six pitch, 80 and six. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. But, but you know what? He, he, can, he can tone it down a little bit. Let, let some people make contact, for goodness sakes, and let your defense make them out to cut down on it. You don't have to throw 100 miles an hour, and you don't have to strike everybody out. That's the truth about baseball. You, you don't have to, but he's capable of doing it. I would imagine it's very Maybe. hard to tell a guy, you know what? You can overpower and overwhelm this team by just throwing your normal stuff. But don't do that. Dial it back a little bit. Uh, that's that's got to be a strange and, and, conversation yeah. to have, no? And if he and if he's just doing everything like he normally did, and he's saying to people, "Listen, I'm not trying to throw the ball any harder than I ever did. I just have a better grip. I have a better my muscles are better. Whatever, for whatever reason, my technique, and that's giving me an extra oomph. I can't tone it down. There's a lot of truth to that you have to throw what you have to throw. That's that's the way your body has been taught for 20 years. So any change of that could be a problem. And that's why people think that the shoulder was injured because the, he was compensated. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I mean, think about it. Danny, have a great walk, and thanks for the phone call. It, it goes side, elbow, shoulder, all on the on the right. Uh, it just, it, you have to think that something, something is going on there. All right, 800-919-3776. We roll along. Uh, we'll continue the NBA conversation, get into a little bit of uh, – of the baseball as well, DeGrom, and what do you do with him? You know, everyone's got, well, just tone it back. So uh, let me ask you this. Is Jacob DeGrom throwing 95 miles an hour? Is is that the same guy? I would question if, in fact, it is. Uh, I don't think he's a .52 ERA if he does that. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. All right, Rothenberg with you, 98.7 ESPN. This portion of the show on 98.7 brought to you by Truly Hard Seltzer. Try Truly Hard Seltzer, 100 calories, 1 gram of sugar, 5% alcohol, and 27 different flavors. Truly Hard Seltzer Beverage Company, please drink responsibly. Um, Jake, would you say I sound effervescent and and energized and just uh, very positive today? Do you agree with that? I definitely do. And I was driving in today listening to your hockey show. And for a guy that doesn't want the Islanders to win, you were pretty unbiased doing a great show all about the Islanders pretty much since it is all about the Islanders right now in hockey. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy for me. I, I got it. So, so Sherry and Alex are away at a lacrosse tournament, right? So it's me and Ben. Ben has a baseball game last night. We get home around 11 o'clock, have something quick to eat, go to bed. These dogs have me up at 4.15 this morning. So I take them out, and Sherry and I made this kind of pact that we're not going to feed them till 5 because if you eat breakfast at 4.15, then lunch is going to be so early, and, and the whole day is going to get screwed up. But I'm a man on an island now, and i got to self, uh, self-preserve. So I'm like, you know what, I, I'm taking them out. They pee, they poop, I feed them. Great. Back into their crates, thinking I can sleep right up into the hockey show this morning. 4.40, crying, yelping. Almost like, take me out, take me out again. I'm like, fine. So I go downstairs. I take them out again. Nobody does anything. They're fighting outside. The sprinklers are on. I'm getting sprayed. 
a mess. Inside, back into the crates, back up, sneakers off, under the covers, five minutes later, yelping, crying. And I did it again. Five walks this morning, Jake. Five before 7 o'clock. Well, luckily for you, you're used to those 4 a.m. wake-ups now. Yeah, but today's supposed to be the day that I can sleep until, like, almost 7 o'clock. I don't want to be up at 4.15. Not according to your dogs, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask since I haven't talked to you in a while. Are you still doing movie night at the Rothenberg household? No, we punted on movie night on Fridays because, you know, we're, we're almost back to real life kind of sort of here. And there's baseball going on and Alex has gone to a lacrosse tournament. And so, no, movie night is done. If we ever have a night that we can take in a movie as a family, we're, we're fine with doing that. But every single Friday is no longer movie night. There's not there's no game night anymore. Those things are kind of on on the back burner at the moment. I got you. Okay, cool. No, I totally get it. The reaction I was looking for. (laughs) No, but um, a little stronger. And last time we talked, we were talking about whether or not you would go to you know a sporting event. Have you been to any Mets games or? No, not yet. Gotcha. I I would go though. I'm I'm at the point where I would uh, I would go to an outside. Uh, sporting well, activity. now it's 100% capacity, so. I know, I know. And and now you have to be vaccinated to go to the games also? I don't believe so. I think you no? can now go without even getting tested. I think I could be wrong, but it seems like everything is now open back up with no you know, restrictions but or anything like NFL that. But isn't the NFL where you have to be vaccinated? I believe baseball games, like last night the Yankees for the first time had 100% capacity in the stadium. And I read that you didn't need any type of vaccine or test. I think you can just go now to a game as if, you know, the world is back to normal. Wow. Wow. That's wild that we just got here so quickly. Well, it's good. It's great news. That the Quick world question, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. You know what? I, I don't want to hear from you because I see I know you're a Nationals <laughs> fan. And I, I think what you did earlier today off the air was really all, all sorts of uh, unattractive by you. But go ahead. What do you want? When you say walks, what do you mean by walks? Just walk around the neighborhood, walk no, around the, the house? No, the neighborhood, no, no. It's a business trip. I'm going around the house. Well, then you, if the if you tire out the dogs, you don't have to go out five How times. How am I, I can't tire out the dogs at 4.15 in the morning? Uh, nice. you, want me to, you want me to walk them around the neighborhood? You're going to tire me out. I'm going to come on here, I'll be like, Nets, game seven tonight. <sighs> like, you can't have that. But you woke up five different times. Five times. I don't need you to judge me. I'm trying. I'm, I'm. I'm doing the best I can. We're man down here. I'm just saying. Maybe if you give him a 15, 20 minute walk. You- 15, 20. I don't have that kind of time. I wanted just to get back into bed. It was a business trip. Go outside, sniff the lawn, do your business, and back into the crate. This is not a let's take a tour of the neighborhood at four thirty this morning. But then they keep whining. They want to go out. Maybe if you tire them out a little bit more, you get maybe a full hour. Are you actually getting sleepy if you're waking up every 10, 15 minutes? No. No, I'm not getting sleep. Do you watch, like, old Phil Simms highlights with your dogs? No. Why would I watch old Phil Simms highlights? Because I I got angry at Rosenberg this week for his stupid take? (laughs) No, I mean, I was just saying you're such a big Giants fan. You never know what you do with with your dogs. No. It's persevere. I'm just trying to to make it out. Break down some game plan with the dogs? No. It's it's get outside. First of all, I'm walking two at a time. They're now 40 pounds. We got them. They were like 23. They're now 40, and they're strong. It's like a survival of the fittest out there. So I, am I watching game film? I'm lucky if I can keep them from crossing the leash and knocking me over. 
I think not easy. Wrong move. Take him out 15, 20 minutes. You'll be a lot better. And you got to show him who's boss, Dave. Their boss. That's the problem. Their boss. And I'm and I'm talking mean to them too. Realizing they can't. I'm like, I hate you. I can't believe you're doing this to me. And they're just oh, so happy. You know, smiling and wagging and do do another walk. This guy's taking us on another walk. It really is. uh, I'm such a fool. All right, let's get back to the calls. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven. Seven six. I, I don't even know where he's from anymore. Is he spiking St. Petersburg? Is he spiking Jersey? Or are these two different people? Well, we've got Spike in St. Petersburg right now. Good morning, Spike. You're on 98.7. Thanks for that uh, rather confusing greeting. First and foremost, happy Father's Day to Mr. Todd Butler. There's a new butler in the house. And happy Father's Day to all the fathers and to you. And let me make one door comment. I'll pass on the sports today. You're doing... It sounds what like am I doing? Tell, tell me how I'm an awful dog parent, Spike. Go no, ahead. Have at it. No, no, no. I'm not, I never said you're awful. You're trying your best, which is admirable. What you're doing is incorrect because the dogs, are they're white labs. They're 40 pounds. They're, what, I'm guessing four months old? Yeah, they're a little more than four months old. Correct. Okay, okay. A walk of a dog is not what the four-month-old dog needs. Those dogs need to run. Is At your, four o'clock in the morning, you want me to start running them? I don't. I don't want you to do anything. Do you have a fenced-off backyard? You, Spike, you don't understand. They eat everything. If I open up the door and let them go take care of business, they they will eat rocks. They'll eat trees. They'll eat, I, eat whatever grass. There was a, one of them had a cicada in his mouth this morning. They will go after anything, Spike. All right, listen, listen. I've had dogs like that that eat remote controls. They grab everything. They need to get the energy out. I'm asking you, if you're fenced in in the back, invest a few bucks and get a dog run and and put something in there. It's very easy. They have them so the dogs can chase something and get their energy out. But, Spike, during during normal business hours, we run the dogs. Both of the boys will take one and do do wind sprints and run them. But at 4, 4.15, I'm not about to start running with the dogs. Okay, so then you're gonna have to change the the, the uh, you're gonna have to change you can't change your work hours. Then you're gonna have to put them get them to bed later so they sleep a little later so the boys are up and they can run the dog. Do they chase a ball and retrieve it? Yeah, they'll chase a ball and retrieve it. I, I think I think they're okay. mean. I think they're mean. Thanks oh, they're for the call, mean. Spike. Hey, I, th- I think I think they are. I think they're mean spirited, vitriolic dogs. I think their their main purpose in life is to make me miserable at the moment. And and, and how dare you judge me, Mike? Like, well, what kind of a walk are you taking them on? Who are you walking at 4 o'clock in the morning, huh? My dog. You have a dog? Yeah, I do. What kind of dog? I have a mini golden doodle. Mini golden doodle. It's not even, it's barely even a dog. I mean, it's a dog. How how big is this Is this? Air quote dog. That we're worth twenty two pounds. Twenty, and that's a fully grown twenty two pounds. Oh yeah. All right, these things are gonna be like seventy pounds. That's what I'm saying. You can't go ahead now and give yourself a situation where, okay, you're four months old. And this is what we have to do to get out. Just whine to Dave. He's gonna take us out as much as we want. So your, let, you let gotta me, put your foot you down. Either take him out once, fifteen twenty minutes. How and old then, is your dog? How no, old is your stupid golden doodle? Uh, oh, not stupid. I love my dog. A year I'm and a sure half. I love it. How old? Year and a half. Year and a half. So what time does, does he or she, what, what are we working with here? 
Uh, depending. You don't it, know if it's a boy or girl. No, he. I, no, I thought you said what time. It depends. No, what, he, what type of dog? Is oh, this it's a boy? a boy. It's a boy. Okay. So what time does he wake you up in the morning? It depends on my work schedule, but usually between six thirty and seven. And you're going well, six thirty seven would be like sleeping in. <laughs> would be amazing. You're going for the 15, 20 minute walk. Yeah, I go for a twenty five to thirty minute walk in the morning. To, but that's a that's a normal functioning hour. Yeah. If your golden doodle woke you up at four fifteen, are you going for the half hour walk? Yeah, because I want to tire the dog out as quickly as possible because I do want to go back to sleep. That's the thing. Like, I, I'll do it now, but if I just take the dog out to use the restroom, it, it'll be up in another the rest. The restroom to, to go potty. You know, <laughs> you, mean, you mean to to use the world as a yeah, bathroom. use the world. Yeah. yeah, the restroom. If I take if I take it out, it'll be up in another thirty minutes whining again to go out. This yeah. has happened before. Where, but here's the thing: once I take these savages out and they've peed and pooped, I figure that I'm okay. But at this point, you know that they're. Going to wa- keep on whining. I don't, I, after the fourth honestly, time you got up, I, I after the fourth time you Sherry, got up, I just hope that my wife never decides that she wants to leave me because <laughs> not having her here for the one night is real. And, and I probably won't even tell her this. It's, it has not. It has not been easy. Now, I Dave, mean, you probably have answered this before, but what made you get two dogs at the same time? Listen, do me do me a favor. Shut up, okay? I, Shutting I up. Hear for, I don't want to hear from you. No, no. So I wanted to get one dog for the kids. And Sherry was was adamant that she wanted none. Then we go to the breeder. We're at the, the doggy place, and they're brother-sister. And Sherry says, you know, if we're going to get one, I think we probably should get two because I can't separate a brother and sister. So she went from wanting zero to yeah. two. And I said, but hang on a second, sweetheart. I said, there were probably were eight of these brother-sisters that started here. And if we take one of these two, they won't remember the other one exists in 90 seconds. And she said, I just can't do it. If we're going to take one, we have to take both. And that's what happened, and that was phenomenal. And now we have two, and now I'm going for double walks at 4, 4.30, 5, 5.15, 5.27, and I got, I got Mike making fun of me about the Mets and the dogs. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. The Dave Rothenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, welcome. It is the 10 o'clock hour. Rothenberg with you on 98.7 ESPN. This portion of the show on 98.7 ESPN brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew. And, of course, enjoy it responsibly. 800 919 Seven six. So a lot of NBA in the first hour. We continue with that, and you're welcome to make your calls on the NBA. Little, little Mets and uh, Yankees conversation. I, I got to tell you, I just I know the Yankees went into Toronto. They had their way with the Blue Jays. They sweeped the series, and a lot of people kind of feel like, all right, you know what? Tampa's come back to life. I think they've lost now what four in a row. They lost again last night. It's six and a half. It's not that bad. It just something. And I don't know if you feel like this. Something doesn't feel right about the Yankees. And I don't know whether you listen. Toronto's bullpen stinks; they're horrendous. And I, I just think offensively, the Yankees something's missing. I, I just think something's missing from this team. I mean, how many of the starters that they they tried out to the mound? Now you're like, all right, good, I got him. You have Cole, and I don't know, maybe Montgomery occasionally. Not Tyone, that's for sure. Not King, that's for sure. Maybe Herman, but not every time. And last time he was brutal. 
right? Last week against Philadelphia, he was bad. I just think, I think there's too many issues with this team right now. I really do. They're not athletic. Their bullpen, which has, you know, been kind of the saving grace this entire season, has not been as good lately as it was to start. The starting pitching, it's the same. They don't run the bases well. You have to always have that fear in the back of your mind that another guy's going to get hurt. And I know, and you've heard a lot, well, there's so much time left in the season. You know, listen, there's a lot of time, but we're, we're approaching the end of June. We're not far off from the midway point. And I'll ask you this. Do, do, can you honestly look yourself in the mirror and tell me that the Yankees are a better baseball team than Tampa? And I think the answer is no. Because Tampa just, I, and I don't know how they do it. They find th- these guys that you never heard of before. They put them in the bullpen. They're great. Guys that, you know, Yandy Diaz or, or, or Meadows or just, it doesn't matter. They're almost, they're almost interchangeable at this point. No Tyler Glass now for an extended period of time. No, and we'll, you know, we'll figure out with someone else. No, nothing stands in the way. There's no excuses ever with that team. They're remarkable. And it just it feels like something's missing with the Yankees. And, and I don't know what you do. I've heard a lot about Fire Boone. What does Firing Boone do? Well, Fire Cashman. And, and bring in who? Like, what, what do you want? The Yankees are not built well. Let's be honest. You want, you want to fire Brian Cashman? Does that all of a sudden, middle of the season, change things up? They said they're willing to make a trade. Now, I don't know how much money they want to bring into this organization at this point. But is there a guy out there that you look and say, all right, you add that to this and all of a sudden... You know, maybe you hope the Nationals fall out of it. You go after a Max Scherzer, try to stabilize that starting rotation, be more dominant in a short series. But I don't know what there is that you can go out there and do and change the complexion that quickly. Let's go to Cullum in the Bronx. Good morning, Cullum. You're on 98.7 ESPN. Dave, what's up? It's always good to talk to you. Um, how are you, Cullum? I how are you? Nick- I'm great. I didn't want to ask how you were. I know you're a little, uh, you're a little in and out on that. No, like I said, like once an hour. So this is the the start of the 10 o'clock hour. If you wanted to ask to kind of refresh the fan base of how I'm doing, I'm fine with that. Uh, Okay, okay, okay. I got you. But um, I have a Knicks point, but I have to tell you this. I love you. I've been listening to this station for years. And there's gonna there's gonna be a butt here. I I can I I, there's gonna be a monster butt here. I'm completely out. I'm completely out on Rick DiPietro. Why? Listen, the, I've listened to this station and listened to Rick for eight, nine years now since he's been on, and we all know, Dave, we all know Rick's personality, and we, all, we can all tell it. But we, he is a phony to me because his personality and everything he is and everything he stands for completely goes out the window when Michael K. gets involved. So I've, he's a phony to me now. I think it's fake. I think the way he acts and the way he is with and around Michael K. and how it is on the show – it's complete stake, and it's and I like people who are honest and real like you. Because if I had a top five, you're number one on my top five. That's list right. On well, on uh, I appreciate that. So you are turned off to the point where Rick has this 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 just uncomfortable adoration think, of Michael K. And now you are souring on Rick. Smell. Yes, I can smell Michael K.'s buttocks through the radio when I hear Rick DiPietro talk. Listen, I'm not going to argue with you. I, I am. I'm not going to argue with you, and I think what's happening is Rick is turning a lot of people off in his, you know, sycophantic ways with Michael K. It's just, it's just, it's just a phony. Everything Rick has ever done, probably his whole life. So you question, you question everything about the guy because of this one instance happening right now in front of us. 
Yes. Either, mm-hmm. either his relationship and everything with Michael K is completely phony and farce and he's being fake about it, or everything else in his life is phony and fake. And I don't oh, know no. which one's worse. Yeah, I, the, the, this is, it's, a, it's a great question. I'm gonna, we're going to probably play this audio first thing on Monday morning and try to get to the bottom of it, Colin. Oh, yeah, you is, need to tell him. You need it's to very concerning. Uh, you know what I suggest, actually? Why don't, why don't you call Monday morning 515, and why don't you I will, address him about this on your own? I 100%. I will set my alarm clock. I will call first thing Monday morning. And he needs to know because it's just it's disheartening to me. And I don't think I it's just you. I think there's I a groundswell. I think there's a groundswell of support out there that feels like you do at the moment. It's just it's just not real. You know it's not real. If anyone who's listening to Rick DiPietro, you know his the way he acts with Michael K is completely phony to his personality and who he is. But let me just get to this really quick point about the Knicks. Um, I'm tired of everybody saying all the people that are going to come to the Knicks and we're going to trade for Zion and Luca. And I guarantee on on uh, KJZ this Monday they're going to talk about how how we're going to be trading for uh, Donovan Mitchell now that the Jazz are out and he's disgruntled. I guarantee a made up story is going to come out about that. But let me ask you this question: Has there ever been a team in any major sport ever that has made a blockbuster trade? huge give up all their assets for one particular player and have they ever won a championship now i'm not talking about what the lakers did with anthony davis and i'm not talking about what the brooklyn nets did with james harden because they already had a top five player join their team through free agency when that's the case and you already have a top five player then you make the blockbuster trade for a second player that works out but never has it ever worked out where you got the one guy and you trade everything for him so the Knicks absolutely should not do that and never even think about making these big blockbuster trades until they can get someone, maybe, maybe, maybe Kawhi Leonard in free agency. That's the only big-name top-ten target that's available. But that doesn't sound realistic. So if that's not the case, Knicks should be out on every single trade opportunity. Just no. No, I don't agree with that, Cullum. Um, I think that you make you, you make really wonderful points. Ever? You make wonderful points about Rick and, and what he's doing right now. But I, I, if I have an opportunity, thanks for the call. If I have an opportunity to, to land Luka Doncic, I would I would trade everything not nailed down. I have a chance to get a twenty year old star point guard in this league. Uh, I mean, who can do absolutely everything? You can. I will give you really anything that I have. Because what, what do I have that I, outside of Randall, who in the postseason was not good, what do I have that you say is untradeable? R.J. Barrett, is, is he untradeable? Quickly, is he untradeable? Mitchell Robinson, is he untradeable? Well, the only guy that you look at and you say, I really love, and, and he's certainly not untradeable, is Julius Randall. If I could get Luka, I'll, I'll, I'll trade you, Jake. Really, I'll trade Mike. I'll trade, I'll trade everybody. Package you up, tidy up. I'll trade the. I'll trade my dogs if I get Luka Doncic here. Everything. I'll trade your little golden doodle there, Mike. I would. Would Would you trade the golden doodle if it meant that um, the Washington football team wins the Super Bowl? Yes, it's not you, even a question. Real. You know what I have? I thought you and I had issues. I have more respect for you right now than I ever did in the past. That was the quickest yes of, of all time. I've you, seen so, the Nationals. I've seen the Capitals. To get the Washington football team a Super Bowl, that's not even a question. So you, you, what's this uh, this puppy's name? Ozzy. Uh, Ozzy, you, you, you put him in a crate. 
you hand him to someone at the airport, he flies off never to be seen again, and in return, the Washington football team hoists the Lombardi Trophy and wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. I you can always I buy like another dog. I don't know if you can buy another Super Bowl. I, I, I like you a lot. I have the level of respect I have for you right now has gone through the roof. Let, let's let's quiz Jake on something like this. Jake, what, what what's a prized possession of yours? Do you, you don't, do you have an animal? I have a dog, Ruby, and Ruby. I would also get rid of it for a Knicks championship. But we've talked about this. I, I would give all 10 toes for certain teams. The Yankees have already given me you say that you my say fair share. Ten to- you say you'd give 10 toes. You'd fall over. You you wouldn't keep your balance. Uh, your life would be irreparably damaged. I don't think you'd give 10 toes. I'd I fall think- over, but I'd be sitting on the couch watching my team win. So You can't give 10 toes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that. I think you can give the small toe. So one toe's okay. I think I think the small toe. I think if you give up a pinky toe, you're fine. Now this is this is the Don Lagreca question from from. I mean, it's like the first thing I walked in. I was like, "Hi, um, my name is Dave. I'm going to be hosting shows." He's like, "I'm Don Lagreca. Would you take your own pinky toe off with a spoon if it meant that one of your favorite teams wins a title?" So l- let me ask you that, and I give credit to Don. Would Would you, without anesthetic? Lop off your pinky toe if the team of your choosing got to win a championship. I think I would for the Knicks. Only for the Knicks. Only not the, the Yankees Knicks. or the Giants. Not for the Giants? I mean, we have – I got two. You had four. So yeah, They're beautiful. They are, they are beautiful. So I are mean, my toes, though. Beautiful. I got some nice feet. Oh, stop it, toes. What are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, I'm not promoting an OnlyFans, but I'm saying I got some nice feet. I don't yeah, want to yeah, just yeah, like, so let Rex go of my toes. If Rex Ryan were to meet you, he would be taken, is what you're <laughs> Rex Ryan would love me. All right. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Rothenberg with you, 98.7 ESPN. So we got Stump Rothenberg coming your way in about 10 minutes from right now, and it's an ever-popular segment. Uh, I would say when I'm out and about, it's it's the number one thing that people want to discuss uh, when they know who I am and want to talk about the show. Jake, I had a very bizarre, uh, and I don't want to say confrontation because it wasn't that, a very bizarre encounter the other day. Would you Would you care to hear it? I would love to hear it. So... Uh, when you become a man of my age, you have to get a, a physical once a year. And Thursday of this past week was, was physical day. So I go to the doctor, and I'm there. And I'm, you know, down into my underwear. And, you know, they, they check weight and blood pressure, and they've drawn bloods and all that. And he comes in. I know him. He's a very nice man. And he, like, before we start with anything, how do you know all this stuff for Stump Rothenberg? He said, this is unbelievable. Is it true? And I'm thinking to myself, maybe like you want to ask the, the medicines that I'm taking at the moment or, you know, how my allergies have been or are there any overlying issues health wise that we might want to address? No, no, no. The first thing he wants to get into is how do you know all this stuff? How about that? That's how you know you made it big time. And I was sent over the Stump Rothenberg record this morning. I, I assumed it was a typo. It was so good. What, do you know what it is? I have it right here. You are 196 and 45. Now, I don't think you've been on the show since we um, 
kind of change the format of I, So I was there for the first one, actually. You're talking about the college. Yeah, So, but we, we've adjusted it a little bit since then as well. So what we do now is first segment, pure Stump Rothenberg, anywhere, geography, history, movies, music, you know, sports, wherever you want to go. Segment two, we, we continue with that until like the last three or four minutes, and then we go rapid fire with where did I go to college. Sounds good, and we've been getting calls. Or you think that's going to be too much? We'll we'll try our best. We've been getting calls since you know the show starts at nine. Usually around nine fifteen, nine thirty, we're getting our first Stump Rothenberg calls. We have to tell them to call back because you know we only have so many phone lines. But the people love Stump Rothenberg. They want to get at nine fifteen, an hour plus prior to starting the segment. They just want put me on hold. I'll wait. Callers will wait. I mean, you get to listen to a great show anyway, but they will wait an hour and fifteen minutes to try to stump you. You know, Ty and I discussed this weeks ago, and he laughed at me, and I and I stand by this. And because Ty maybe doesn't have a great pulse of the people, I, I wanna I wanna find out. You guys are young and and hip, and and especially Mike, very cool, right? With his gold yeah, because Ty is so old. Yeah, but Ty's a father. He's a father now. He's old. Uh, you know, and he has responsibility that the two you could not understand. You could you can go on a bender, like you can leave the station after your shift is over, go on a bender, come back tomorrow. God knows what kind of status. Ty can't do that. Ty is, has to be high levels of responsibleness. So, yes, you are a younger, different audience. How do you feel about if we take Stump Rothenberg on the road, we sell out, I don't know, like a 2,500-seat, a, a uh, you know, small kind of an arena, and people buy tickets, they go, and, and, and we play on a big stage? I would love it. I would buy tickets. Now that, that tickets are back open and live events are back open, people, I would certainly go. Do you believe that people will purchase? If it, let me give you a, a legitimate number. An, a 1,000-seat a, a venue. Do a thousand, are there 1,000 people out there that would buy tickets to go sit there, watch, and participate in almost like a glorified Stump Rothenberg roundtable? I personally think you would sell out MSG. No, stop it. Come on. I'm not. I'm not Billy Joel. The Eagles better watch out. Dave oh, Rothenberg's on. coming to town. Yeah, but I, I, I'm asking you legitimately. A thousand people. A thousand people. I, yeah. That's a lot of people. So, so is that a no? A thousand people. I mean, it'd be close. I, I, it, 50, I'm, I'm one of them. So, a ticket. all you need is nine hundred ninety-nine. One thousand people. Where do you think we get to? I think we get close. So you think we're right there? I think we're right there. Making fun of me. You, you do the garden. That wasn't nice. Mike, you want to be my guy? You, Yeah, Ty made fun of you. I'll Give me a cut, and we'll try to sell out a thousand. <laughs> How is that making fun of you, saying you would sell out the garden? That's be- a compliment. Because it wasn't There's legitimate. Because no then I asked you truly, I said, do you think we could get to a thousand? You're like, yeah, I think we could get right there. If the so Knicks had a thousand if, if at the, the garden, it would be bad. If the Knicks have been selling out the garden for 20 years, I think you can sell out the garden. I don't know. So for the, there's this love affair with the Knicks that I uh, the, the fans just love them. I mean, they're, they're parading in the streets with <laughs> when they want a playoff. And the fans love Stump Rothenberg, so there's not so, much different between the Knicks and the Stump Rothenberg. Think about this. What else can you go do for 15 bucks? 15 bucks, that's it. 1,000 people, $15,000, away we go. Everyone's happy. Now, how much do the producers make out of this? What producers? You know, you, the guys you, you running the show up, back at the off? studio. I, I, look, 15 grand, probably have to pay the venue. I don't know. I, how about if you got 300 bucks cash at the end of the night? I'll take it. Right? Mike, you would do it for 300 bucks cash. Oh, yeah, easy. You have to screen people, make sure things are in order. 
And it would give people, you know, the opportunity to see that you're not cheating. I'll stop with the cheating. Really, I've done it in studio with the guys before. We do it on a Zoom call every Wednesday. I was undefeated this past week, so stop with that. It's 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 old at this point. Unless you, you have unless you have the greatest Wi-Fi on the face of if the you earth. Don't, if you don't believe it and you think there's cheating, then when we do the segment, just turn it off. That's what I really. That's what I would say. Because you know I'm not cheating, and I would never do that, and it would be so disrespectful to to everybody involved. I would never do it. Let's go to Jay in Franklin Park. Jay, good morning. You're on 98.7 ESPN. Good morning. Um, thanks for taking the call. So um, I want to talk about the Grom, but I also want to say I went to my first uh, Mets game, mm-hmm. and I I got the, uh, the socially distanced seating. Like, there is no way – I am ready psychologically to be packed shoulder to shoulder, people in front and behind me, like screaming away without math. And I admittedly, that is like a completely a psychological issue for me, but I'm not ready to go there. Jay, I don't, I, I, listen, I, I don't I, think I anybody judges you for that. I don't think that's a, a crazy wild take. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are not at the point where now if you told me these people are vaccinated, but if Jake and this is what we're the, the kind of impression we're under that. They're not checking to see if you're vaccinated. I don't think it's yeah. a while to take to feel somewhat uncomfortable if that's the situation. Yeah, I, I think that's I mean, first of all, there are definitely people out there who are judging it. Of course, I'm judging it because I think that there are people who aren't vaccinated, who are like going out unmasked and doing things when they're told that they should be wearing masks. But that's a different story. Um, it is nice. It was great to be at the game. Um, it was nice to sort of be doing something more normal. Um Back to DeGrom, um, it's really tricky um, because, first of all, obviously the Mets' history of, like, misdiagnosing injuries. Um, but, you know, at some point, and, and when, you, when you hear, like, interviews of, like, old great pitchers, and when you listen to, like, I mean, anybody who's in any sort of physical activity or sport for their career, they, they, they say they are, like, one, they feel 100% so rarely, like, I don't know, like 15% of the time, they feel 100%. And so I think in some ways, you know, players are babied now so much. And understandably, I mean, I would, like, cry if DeGrom was out with an injury. I mean, yeah, it's but like, here's the thing. He, you know, he's I, been a major I, league I, pitcher for a long time. And he's pitched through stuff. Yeah. And he's, for the most part, been pretty healthy. I got to think when he says he's not right, he's desperate to be out there and be pitching. He's putting up historic numbers, and the season is like something we've never seen before. I have to believe that he thinks that there's, at a minimum, he's just not right, and maybe he thinks that there's something legitimately wrong with him. So, again, this you got to push yeah, forward I, or you have to find a way. I just think it's a really rough take. I get that. I Listen, the last thing I want is for a player with DeGrom. I mean, let's just talk about DeGrom because he's like the most special player in my lifetime that's been on the Mets. Um I, I don't want him to get injured, obviously, you know. At, at some point, if they look at everything and they don't see anything, they're, oh, man, I feel like he's got to learn that he's just not going to feel 100% and that he still has to go out and do it. But I don't want him to get injured. I recognize this is real. This is like a I, really, I, really Jay, I said, thing. I said this earlier on the show, and I greatly appreciate the phone call and the kind words. If your game five of the NLDS and nothing is wrong and you're just uncomfortable, you know what, let's figure out a way to push through. You're mid-June after three innings against the Cubs, you're not feeling right, 
let's get him out of the game. And if it means he skips a start or two or IL or whatever, then so be it. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. Well, good luck. Many have tried, and like Jake will tell you in a moment, most have failed. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by the law offices of the great Andrew M. Cohen and also brought to you by the great people at BetMGM Sports. Jake, give me um, give me some numbers, would you? I would love to give you some numbers. So before your last Stump Rothenberg, you were 181-44, and 44, and then you had a 15-1 and one performance. Huh. Oh, my goodness. I thought it was a typo, like I said, but your record now is up to 196 and 45. 196 and 15 and 1. I mean, who can even remember? And I think I was undefeated. In fact, I'm confident I was undefeated on the Wednesday edition that you can catch at 645 in the morning on Wednesday on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Jake, are you ready to go? I was born ready, Dave. Uh, Do you feel like all the questions on the line have been vetted and are really solid questions? Because this is where you come into play here. So the questions are solid. Um, I did verify all of them, so they are correct. So we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, Are you participating? I will participate a little later on, yes. All right. Mike, will you be participating today? I'm giving you one college. One college. All right, let's go and let's start out and going to Staten Island and bring in Jordan. Good morning, Jordan. You're the leadoff man on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. I have an MLB question. Okay. Since the last ball era, who has the most stolen bases all time as a pitcher? Ooh. That's a good question. You got to think of the the athletes. That pitcher, most stolen bases as a pitcher. So you think of Bob Gibson. That's a good question because Bob Gibson was, so he was a terrific basketball player. Um. This is a good question. Even if I get this wrong, I'm impressed by this. Uh, I know Zach Greinke has some, but I don't know if it's the most ever. I'm not sure. Greg Maddox? I'll answer. I don't know. Hang on. I'm thinking through. <laughs> I don't feel great about this. I'm going to say Bob Gibson. And you're right, Dave. Does Bob Gibson look good? How about that? Do you know this, Jake? And I know you're wowed, by the way, that Bob Gibson actually played with the Harlem Globetrotters? A dual sport athlete? Yeah. Nice. Yep. Oh, that was a good, that was a really good question. I like that one. That's one and oh, we roll along. Let's go to Sal, the great Sal and Duchess. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, guys, and happy Father's Day to all of you. If you don't have a father, I know you have puppies, so... Uh, here goes my question. It's college coaches. Yeah. Which college coach 
has beaten Irving Myers more than twice. All right, so he was at Florida. He was at Utah. And he's been at Ohio State. Well, you'd think it's probably. Now, what are you thinking? I would never give up anything. I'm a Jet fan, but I would never give up anything if for the Jets to win a Super Bowl. I couldn't right. do it. Well, it just shows the level of fan that you are. I mean, it, it, it feels like it's going to be Nick Saban would, would have to be the answer, right? But now you have me questioning. I, I'm, for, for, to save time, I'm going to say Nick Saban. No, Nick Saban's twice, Sweeney twice. Uh, one that has three is Les Miles. L- Les Miles? All right. Yes. Well done. Uh, would you like to go on hold? Uh, we put, put him on hold, give him the opportunity. You can screen him again um, for the, the round two. No one has ever, ever, Jake, won round one in round two on Stump Rothenberg with the college version. But all right, we're one and one. Not a great start. Walker and Mawa. Good morning, Walker. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. I got an NBA question for you. All right. What is the only NBA team that has never had a player score 50 points in a game? Hmm. Well, we know it's not the Knicks and the Nets. We know it's not the Celtics. Um, only it's not the Warriors. And I know that Phoenix has done it. I mean, we could walk through every team here. Um, well, certainly not the Bulls. And I know Bird scored 60 for the Celtics. Uh, boy, I'm not sure. Uh, I know that the Cavs have gone over 50, and I know that the uh, the Mavericks have gone over 50. David Thompson scored 70, I, I remember. 73, I think. The Nuggets. I know Harden has gone there. Reggie Miller, I know. Um, The Lakers, certainly. Obviously, Colby scored 80. The Memphis Grizzlies. Final answer. Correct. Yes! <laughs> Oh, did you, I mean, you just saw the inner workings of my mind, Jake. Did that wow you? It wows me every single time. (laughs) Oh, I'm so proud of myself because I systematically went through it. Oh, so good. Steve in Brooklyn. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Dave. And I want to say big fan of the new podcast, but I'm wondering if down the line we could maybe get uh, callers involved with the Summer Rothenberg segment. Uh, actually, and keep watching the podcast at Rothenberg Untalked, uh, we're going to incorporate an email version where you can email questions into Stump Rothenberg. That would have worked perfectly. There you go. That's it. Okay, so I got a basketball question, and it involves Jeff Green, who's playing tonight. They're both okay. topical as well. All right. Jeff Green, he became the third player in league history to appear in the playoffs for seven different teams. Who was the first player to do so? Hmm. Seven teams. 
Is that is that the most? Yeah, three players tied for the most. Seven different teams played in the playoffs. I'm asking for the first guy. The second guy, I'll give you Nazi Muhammad. Um, I mean Robert Ori, you'd think, but I don't think he's that many. Jeff Green's a good one. Or it can't be that many. Danny Green's been on a bunch of teams, but I don't think that many either. Um, I'm not sure. I will, and there's no way he's going to be a star player. I'm going to, I'm going to guess Robert Ori, but I'm confident not a, it's not. Not a star player. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident it's not right, but I'll say Robert Ori. Not Robert Ori. Um, James Blue Edwards. Oh, wait, wait, wait. James Blue Edwards. James Edwards was not James Blue Edwards. The one that played with the Pistons. Yes. And the, no, was, it's not. No, 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 no. Theodore Edwards was was Theodore Blue Edwards. Steve, but I'm you still you still get credit, but that's that's the yeah, James Edwards who had the Fu Manchu, the big man. I think number I think fifty three, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. All right, we're two and two. That's not great. That stinks. Actually, I'm I'm disappointed in that. Uh, do you look down on me at all, Jake, for the performance today? Well, I'm zero and four, so no, I actually <laughs> look up to you. If anything. All right, I, I'll take that. I like that. All right, so we can't go to Sal and we can't go to Steve. Let's go to Joe in Jersey City. Good morning, Joe. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Hi, Dave. How you doing? This is um, Mets broadcasting trivia. Oh, boy. Anthony Nelson left after the 1980-78 season. Who replaced him? Give me that again. When Lindsey Nelson left, the broadcasting team of Kiner, Murphy, and Nelson after right. the 1978 season. Who replaced him? Fran Healy? <laughs> That's a good question. That's not a bad question. Who replaced him? You got an answer? <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Calm down. Okay, okay, okay. My okay. God. No problem. <laughs> no problem. He's so excited. You just admonish him. <laughs> Jeez. Um, and what year was it? 78? He left after the 78 season. This guy joined in 79. So Bob Murphy was always the, the voice on, on radio. Yes. And Fran Healy, but I, I don't I don't think he's the answer. Gosh. Um you know you know I, I bet you Michael Kay would know the answer to this. I don't think I know it. <laughs> um okay. I don't know. I I'm gonna Oh, 
I'm not sure. Um, I mean, Fran Healy's early 80s. Mm-hmm. And there's got to be someone. And that you say so you're looking for the TV broadcaster, right? He did TV and radio. They did TV and radio in 79. Is it one of the Albert brothers? You're getting warm. There's not there's not Marv. Is it I don't know if it's Steve Albert or Al Albert. So, I I'm gonna go with Steve Albert, but I really feel very uncomfortable. Uh, about Steve this. Albert. Yep. Steve Albert's correct? Yep, Steve Albert's correct. Oh, that was a stressful question. Because I know that Healy, and I think he was with Zabriskie, and then McCarver came on board. But that can't be that early. So the, there was a couple of years, I think three or four years, that Steve Albert was with, I think, Kiner as well. And then it was Kiner's Corner. All right. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, let's take one more quick one, and then we'll take a break and come back and do our, our couple more minutes of this and then rapid-fire uh, college questions. Let's go to uh, Sal in Astoria. Good morning, Sal. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, your greatness showed in that last question. Proud that was not man. easy. Go ahead. They, there have been some bears of a question today. Okay. I hope I can get a yogi question for you. In the 1984 NHL draft, Mario Lemieux was taken first in the draft. Second player in the draft was a very, very good player who had a very successful career and later became a coach. Who was the second pick in the 19th for NHL draft? I think Kirk Muller for the Devils was, was the number two pick that year. That's right, Dave. All right, and there you have it. That's much easier. Much more in my wheelhouse with that 15 minutes of thinking. All right. So, Jake, what do we what do we hear? Four and two? You are four and two, correct. Whew. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to get to more of your calls. We're going to get to the college edition. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. And we pick up where we left off at 4 and 2. 800-919-3776. Um, Jake, is your question a, a general question or is it a where did he go to college question? Well, I have both, but I, I thought I'd start off with the general question. Well, are you going to double up with the uh, with the college as well? So here's the deal. I'll let you pick. I have rapid fire for college. I have a bunch that I wanted to kind of rattle off at you, or I also have a general. So why don't we do? Why don't we save you for the end of of the regular questions? Then you could end that and start the next. Perfect. All right. Let's go to Greg in Fresh Meadows. Good morning, Greg. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, Dave. Thanks. It's Fred. It's actually Fred from Fresh Meadows. All right. Well, Fred, Fred the, uh... Greg, very very close, very similar. We appreciate the call. <laughs> Um, I have a, a baseball question. Uh, before DeGrom, we, years ago, we had the dominance of Sandy Koufax, who won 25 games or more in three different seasons. And in the modern baseball era, which I consider from 1950 on, who was the only other pitcher besides Sandy Koufax to have won at least 25 games in three different seasons? Um, 
That's a uh, that's a good question. I know. I wonder if Steve Carlton could be that guy. Because Carlton, I know. So you're you're saying this is post nineteen fifty, right? Right. Since nineteen fifty. Pre nineteen fifty, so it's it's twenty five or more, right? At least at least twenty five victories in three different seasons. Yep. All right, it's, it's a nice question. Um, so I know Seaver got twenty five. I know Bob Welch got a lot, but I don't. There's no way Bob Welch did it multiple times. That's a good question. Um, so those guys all definitely did it. Gosh, did see? I don't think Seaver went over. Warren Spawn, but I don't know Warren Spawn. Gosh, uh, this is good. Uh, you've done well here. Um, I mean, Gidry also, but there's no way he had many. And Steve Stone, I think, too. So it's since 1950. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know Carlton did. So, and then Spawn maybe also did. I know that Seaver had 27, and Carlton, I know, had 27 as well. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm not going to get it. I'm going to go with Warren Spahn. Uh, no. Uh, the correct answer, and this picture didn't even win the Cy Young or whatever, is Juan Marichal. All right. All right. Well, you get to go on hold and go uh, for round two. Let's go one more here. Let's go to Ken in Huntington. Ken, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Uh, good morning, Dave. Uh, can you name the four Heisman Trophy winners playing for New York teams in the year 2000? Four Heisman Trophy winners playing for New York teams in the in the what year? In the year 2000. In the year, all right. So Charlie Ward would have to be one. We're not supposed to do multiple, multiple questions. I'm wondering if Herschel Walker. Is there a chance that Herschel Walker was playing for the Giants in 2000? No, I think he was retired by then because he played for the Giants in the mid 90s. Um, Doug Flutie. Now, when you say New York teams, can we include the Bills in that? Sure. All right, then I will. I will give you Doug Flutie. I would think Vinny Testaverde has to be one as well. So that's three. And I gave you Charlie Ward, right? Yep. Um, so I feel confidently that I have three of four. And then Ron Dane. You got it. That's a nice question, and that's, I mean, do you see what we just did there, Jake? That was sensational by me. It was my fault for letting the multiple choice, but I thought you could handle it, and you proved me right. All right, let's go. Um, very quickly, your question, rapid fire, go. 
All right. Which MLB pitcher is the active leader in total career strikeouts? Verlander? I don't think there's anyone over 3,000 now, is there? I wouldn't think. So CC was over, but he obviously retired. I think it's I think it's Verlander and Scherzer's probably not so far behind, and, and that'll be final answer. Dave, if you said it was Verlander with Scherzer not far behind, that would be correct. So there we go. It is Justin Verlander with Max Scherzer and Zach Granke right behind oh. him. Oh. I wouldn't have gone with Granky. Good, good. All right, so that's it. All right, beautiful. That we end well, and now you go. You go end rapid on six fire. and three, correct? So my rapid fire is kind of uh, based on tonight with the Nets and the Bucks. So I have a bunch of players from that series. Go. All right, Pat Connaughton, Notre Dame. Correct. Nicholas Claxton. You know, it's funny. I, I had looked up Claxton. Because I wasn't sure, and I and, and I looked him up recently. I believe he's a Georgia Bulldog. That is also correct. So good yeah. job looking that one up. Uh, DeAndre Jordan. I th- is he a Texas A&M? I think that's where he went. Go with your gut. Yeah, it's Texas A&M. Texas right. A&M is correct. Bruce Brown. Now Bruce Brown was another one that I wasn't sure, but I, I believe I actually watched him. Um, Watched him in college a little bit. Did he go to Miami? He, in fact, did go to yeah. Miami. So right. another one down. Right. Jeff, right. Jeff Teague. So I think he's Wake Forest. But now you have me second-guessing myself. I'll go with Wake Forest. Wake Forest is correct. 5-0. and oh. And last from me for the rapid fire and from the Nets Buck series, Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, Villanova. All right, six and zero for my question. Seven and zero if you count the general uh, baseball question. So Add well him to done. the tally, Mike. We go yours, and then we're gonna give. Uh, who was it that, that got me in round one? Is he still on the line or no? Fred, right? We're gonna give Fred a Fred, chance because nobody's yeah, ever Fred or nobody's Greg, whatever. ever completed the double. All right, so Mike, you go. Each one more. Purdue. You got more, Mike, or you're done? Nope. One a week for me. All right. Fred and Fresh Meadows for a chance to do what no one has ever done before. Go ahead. All right. Thanks, Dave. Uh, We all love the gritty 1994 Knicks that made to the finals. A sometime starter, Anthony Bonner. Anthony Bonner went to St. Louis, the Billikens. You You are the man. And there you have it. I mean, you just you just see what you just witnessed. Jake, do you see what you just witnessed? I saw greatness with the Bonner. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. The Dave Rothenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, we have a very troubling situation going on right now. Uh, Jake, I don't know if you've seen Rick DiPietro has changed his Twitter um, photo again. Again, I saw the Michael K one yeah, the other day. What K is it now? Slob. And now it's even worse. It's a photo of me in an Islanders jersey. My head like put on top of someone in an Islanders jersey saying, yes, yes, yes. That's rough. So it's altered. It is Photoshop. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's obvious, but it's repulsive. 
I'm gonna I'm sending a tweet right now. If this is not changed by five AM Monday by the start of DCR there will be retaliation. You think that's fair, right? I don't know, Dave, because I'm looking at the photo right now. It looks pretty real to me. <laughs> yeah, that's as real as it gets. Um, I would never put on an Islanders jersey unless it was a wager that was lost. All right, so I, I, I wrote, and I want to make sure this, this passes by you. If, there is not, if this is not changed by 5 a.m. Monday, uh, by the start of DCR on ESPN, there will be retaliation. I think it's fair. Because this, uh, this is just, this is disgusting. All right. Let me tweet that out. And away we go. All right. 800-919-3776. So, so let me just, let me just cover this for a moment before we get into, uh, into the Yankees. Um, Rick is a man that has no concept of how to do anything on Twitter. And now twice in the last two weeks, he's cropping, he's photoshopping. He is, okay, you want to lay down the gauntlet? Uh, consider this a, a battle. If it's not changed by 5 o'clock in the morning on Monday, there will be tremendous retaliation. 800-919-3776. So Yankees last night, they lose again. Tyone is, is just, I mean, he's just dreadful at this point, right? There's, there's no other tack to take outside of this guy so far has been a tremendous disappointment. He gives you, what, four and two-thirds last night. And... You know, leaves the game. Bullpen blows it for the Yankees. But you you can't rely on your bullpen for four-plus innings every single night. So I guess the question for me surrounding the Yankees is, do you think this thing gets better? Like, are you at the point where you look at it and say, yeah, you know what, because they're the Yankees, because they're so uber-talented, when we get to the dog days of summer and everything starts to, you know, kind of change – that this gets better, or are you at the point now? I mean, listen, today's what June, June nineteenth, I think. Are you at the point where you look at it and you say, "This, this is a problem," and I don't know that in fact it does get better, and and I think I'm I'm leaning there. Now, Luke Luke Voigt's going to come back, and Kluber at some point you think is going to come back, but Severino is now going to be delayed with the groin that's that's causing him trouble, so. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a Yankees fan. I get it. But I have to think there's real troubling issues going on right now. Um, Jake, let me turn to you because you are such a passionate Yankees fan. Where do you fall on this? Are you at the point where you are really, really concerned? Or do you think because they are the Yankees and they always seem to figure it out that that'll happen again and they'll make a deal and they'll be fine at the end of the day? I think they have enough talent to certainly turn it around or, as Aaron Boone says, you know, turn the page or turn the corner. But uh, there are some concerns for sure. And I think the same reason why a lot of Yankees fans, well, a lot of MLB fans in general, don't like the extra innings rule with the runner on second. I think that's kind of the same reason why a lot of Yankees fans don't have faith in this team. Because even if there is a runner on second base with no outs, you could have your three, four, and five guys coming up. And there just doesn't seem to be much faith that they're going to get that situational hit to get that run in. So that's my main concern is that, they obviously, over the last few years, have been home run or strikeout, 
and uh, we want to see more small ball, some yeah, situational hitting. I mean, I, I think you have to come to terms with the fact you and every other Yankees fan that wants, you know, guy on second base, tie game, seventh inning, you know, hit, hit it to the right side with nobody out and, and get the runner over now with one out and then the sack fly. That, that's not the Yankees. And I remember when the Red Sox came to town a couple of um, weeks ago, we're playing that Sunday night game and it was tied and it might have been extra innings. I, I forget what it was. Get them over, get them in, win the game. It, that's just not who they are. So to, to have this idea that all of a sudden, how many guys do you look at and say, yeah, you know what, with, with, with a man on third and one out, I, I feel really confident that, that, that he gets him in. You want to say LeMayhew? I think I, that's fair. I would say LeMayhew and Urshela. LeMayhew, you want to say Judge? Uh, maybe Judge, but no, I would say, I, I I would say Gio Urshela, no? All right, maybe. I don't know. I mean, of, of the nine guys that you rely on, or even if you want to, you know, extend it a little bit and include like a, a, a Andujar and Frazier and Tyler Wade of say the twelve guys and Luke Voigt when he comes back, how many guys do you look at and say guy on third, one out, he's going to get him in four? You can't feel like that with Glaber Torres. You can't feel like that with Gary Sanchez. You you want Urshela? I don't love him, but I'll give you Gio Urshela. But there's not the lineup is not littered with you know what situational hitting and they'll get the job done. And I think at this point. If you're a Yankees fan, that's got to be frustrating. No, you're absolutely right. And it is a, a good sign that DJ LeMayu, because he wasn't even being himself for the first couple of months of the season. So to see him slowly turning things around is certainly a great sign for the Yankees. I'd be, I'd be worried. Uh, Urshela obviously had a, the, the big home run the other night. Yankees cleaned up on Toronto. But the question I would ask, is that the Yankees' bats really got rolling or Toronto's bullpen is just that bad? Well, even in the one of the games that they won, they got a couple of runs from pass ball. So who knows what would have happened if the catcher actually just did now, his job. Tampa has come back to life. Um, they've lost, I think, four in a row. They've lost two in a row in Seattle. So you feel a little bit better about that. And glass now injury certainly helps the Yankees. But you can't continue to to just, you know, win a couple, lose a couple, and, and, and tread water. It, it is time now to flip the switch. Dave, they I was going to – sorry, ahead. I was just going to say, they haven't won a, a series over the weekend in about a month. They, yeah, I know I, mean, I know it doesn't matter. I know been. it doesn't matter when you win a series, but they haven't won a weekend series, I think, since before they got swept by Detroit. So it's the been Yankees a while. are, right now, a, a, a mediocre team. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah, you can slice it any way you'd like and say, but they're so talented at the end of the day, it's going to, you know, the, the level of their play is going to raise. But uh, you, when I see that, I'll believe it. I, just, I think they're a flawed team, and I, I think they're not all that athletic, and they, they never steal bases, and they, they don't, they're not great with situational hitting, and I think there are a lot of legitimate problems. And I would be frustrated if I was a Yankees fan. All right, the Mets and DeGrom, let's go there. We'll get to your calls, 800 919 Seven six. So I mean, we really we have, we have a, a jam packed final hour of the show, and of course, this portion of the Dave Rothenberg Show, ninety eight seventy ESPN, uh, brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey during tonight's action, and there is some major action tonight. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew and enjoy it responsibly. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Rothenberg with you on a Saturday morning, right here on ninety eight seventy ESPN. <laughs> You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.
All right, Rothenberg with you on a Saturday morning. Beautiful day outside. Time to give your dad. This is great. Father's Day is tomorrow. Time to give your dad a Father's Day gift that he'll remember. And when you give it to him, I think you're obligated to say it's from 9870 ESPN. And Rothenberg gave this to you. Let the pros at Stock Car Racing Experience teach him how to drive a 600 horsepower, 160 mile per hour NASCAR on the two and a half mile super speedway at Pocono Raceway. This is what we call the real deal. So here's how you win. Be the first caller right now, 888-987-ESPN. You'll score two six-lap stock car ride-alongs. It's a sure way to surprise your dad at NASCAR's famous Pocono Raceway in Northeast Pennsylvania. He'll be grinning from ear to ear and talking all about this for years to come. Brought to you by Stock Car Racing Experience, Pocono Raceway. Get behind the wheel and drive for only $299 or a shotgun seat ride starting at only $99. Gift vouchers are easy to order online with instant email delivery, and they never expire. Here's how you do it. 877-STOCKCAR.COM or call 877-786-2522. So, I mean, you you get great sports talk. You get comedy-laced conversation, brilliant trivia, and giveaways. I don't know that it gets much better than that. Let's go to Richard in Manhattan. Good morning, Richard. You're on 9870 ESPN. Richard. Richard. Hi, Uh-oh. Dave, I'm sorry. Richard, I'm sorry. what happened? I'm sorry. What yeah, ha- I, what, Richard, I'm what at work, happened? So, well, I, I'm at work, so sometimes I have to pay a little attention. <laughs> Dave, I got it. I've seen sports, watch sports, you've watched sports. I've never seen, ever, a bigger choke job than what Utah did last night. First of all, they have the best record in basketball, the best. They have a 25-point lead in the middle of the third quarter, and they're playing against a team who is without one of the three greatest players in the NBA right now. And, and so you clearly the best, their best like, player. And clearly their best player. Of course. He's one of the three best players in the league, so he's got to be their best player. Of course. So, I mean, <laughs> and they still lost the game, a game they had to win, a closeout game. I think this is a bigger choke job than the Atlanta Falcons versus New England. Oh, I don't know about that. That was a pretty good choke job as well. But listen, Richard, and thanks for the call. You're you're not wrong. It was awful. Uh, Utah last night. And you know what? I wanted to go to bed. And I'm sitting there. I'm watching. I'm like, you know, because I had this this stupid thing with Carlin where the the Jazz win the championship. That that I have to release the, the video of me celebrating naked when the Giants win the Super Bowl. And. So I'm extra, you know, geared up to watch the Jazz. I'm like, oh, this is going to be over, and they're going to win this series. But I think Phoenix will get them, and and Mitchell looks hobbled. And all of a sudden, it goes from, you know, Terrence Mann, a guy you didn't even know who he was. It goes from, you know, it's 26, and now it's 20, and then another three, and they go on a 17-0 run, and and they 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 wind up, you know, pulling ahead by 10 points. I mean, it was that's disgusting. If you're Quinn Snyder, and I know that and Mitchell's a terrific young player. But Rudy Gobert, what a, I mean, Bogdanovich, what a terrible loss for them last night. We've seen some hideous losses in the postseason, haven't we? I mean, the Milwaukee loss in Game 5 was gross. It, I mean, right, you're up 18 in the second half, and you can't hang on to that one. What we saw from the 76ers in Game 5 uh, could be wor- the worst you've ever seen, was repulsive. And then last night, we you, you don't see this at all. Could you imagine if this was the Knicks? Could you imagine if the Knicks in the postseason lost games like this? The Knicks fan would be apoplectic over that. You had it in Philly, you had it in Utah, and you had it in Milwaukee. It re- it's repulsive to think that these these teams are all losing monster. I mean, not only that, 
you know, you're Milwaukee. You have a comfortable lead on the road. There's one guy that can beat you. One of the, the, the big three can beat you, and you let him do it, and he goes for 49 points. Then you're Philadelphia. You have a, a comfortable lead, second half, you're home, and Ben Simmons is almost running to the other side of the floor to not touch the ball. He's just he's terrified to touch it and maybe get fouled. He's terrible. He really, and I get you'll say, well, he's a matchup nightmare and he's a great defender and he's a good rebounder. You will, there's no way you're winning a, a championship with Ben Simmons as your starting point guard. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want the ball. He wants no part of touching the ball in a big moment. And then last night, 26 point lead in the second half. They don't have Kawhi Leonard and you still lose it. Oh, it, it really is incredible. 800 919 3776. A couple of people have called during the course of the show, and certainly phone lines are open to discuss it again. And that is Jacob DeGrom. Uh, you know, a lot of people, and, and I don't, I'm surprised at this, have said they've checked the shoulder, they've checked the elbow, there's nothing wrong. Maybe his new norm has to be, you know, go figure out a way to pitch with discomfort. Are you crazy? The, the, we're going we're gonna to tell Jacob DeGrom every fifth day, get the ball, go out there, pitch and figure it out and if you don't feel well battle through it yeah that's a that's a brilliant message to send to a guy that's phenomenal and then when he blows out his arm well now there's something wrong and now he's going to miss the next year and never be the same pitcher no I am treating him with kid gloves and if it means that I have to skip his start next week then so be it if it means that I have to put him on the injured list if it means that he's a a five inning pitcher every every time he takes the mound for at least a while, then so be it. If it means when he goes up to bat that he stands up there like a statue and doesn't even swing it, then so be it. But the last thing I am doing is jeopardizing the health of the greatest pitcher we've seen in God knows how long. The numbers are insanity, and I get it. He wants to win Cy Young. He wants MVP. He wants to be the guy that every fifth day takes the ball and goes out there and and deals. We know how great he is. He's, he's the best pitcher we've seen in years. I mean, Clayton Kershaw has been phenomenal. I don't think to what DeGrom is now that he can hold a candle to that. Look, at the, the guy, even when he doesn't feel right, even when he leaves a game, like last Friday, he leaves a game. Elbow soreness, 80 pitches, no runs, dominant, completely overwhelmed, San Diego. Right? The other night this week against the Cubs, pretty decent team. Nine up, nine down, eight strikeouts. And it's like, well, my shoulder's hurting me. The guys are not typically injured and playing at that level. Guys are not typically, you know, hobbled, and the, the level of their game is different than anyone else is able to put out there. What, what he does is it's otherworldly is what it is, and it's so fun to watch, like just – Every time there's a DeGrom start, whatever you're doing, you're like, all right, I can't do that. We have to make sure that we can watch this. I, I had an incident the other day. Did you hear this, Jake? I don't know how closely you're paying attention to my life, but did you hear about this story with the DeGrom start the other day? What happened now? So uh, we went out for dinner. Ben had a, his moving up ceremony on Monday. Uh, he's going to high school somehow, and he's out of eighth grade. So Alex had a baseball game Monday, and we couldn't go out for dinner. So we went out for dinner Wednesday. And he loves sushi, so we took him to a good sushi place in town. So we go into the restaurant, and they have three TVs up there. They have Yankees Blue Jays on the first TV. 
on the second TV, guess what they have? I'm going to guess not the Mets. Yankees, Blue Jays on the second TV, and on the third TV, it's Red Sox and Braves. So I casually walk up and I say, excuse me, can you do me a favor and and put the Mets on one of the two Yankees TVs, right? Which seems reasonable. You're a Yankees fan. Is that a reasonable request? I would. I usually like three TVs with the Yankees, but I guess we could make way for one Mets TV if you need it. So I, I, I walk up and I say, can you do me a favor and put one of the two TVs on, on the Mets that's on, on the Yankees? And they said, well, the, the, the gentleman over there, he requested two TVs on the Yankees. Now, these are not, it's not like they're 12 feet apart. They're almost touching each other, these two TVs. So I went over to him. I said, excuse me. I was very nice. I said, excuse me. I said, you know, you have, you have both of these on the Yankees. I know that's what you wanted, but can we put one of them on the Mets? He's like, no, 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 sorry. He says, I like to see the Yankees from every angle. And I'm like, what? Yankees from every, what, what kind of an animal are you? I'm like, what do you mean every angle? He's like, well, like if I, if I put my head down and take a sip of tea, I want to look up and see the Yankees out of my left eye on the left TV. And if I, if I take sushi from the right side, I want to I take a piece of sushi and look up. I'm like, how selfish are you? I was about to say, that takes some guts to say that to a stranger. I said, so, and, and of course, on my show, they're like destroying me. Like, you can't call people selfish. And Kay got into it. He's like, you can't call people selfish this day and age. They'll take out a gun and shoot you. You know what? I challenged that person to take out a gun and shoot me. I was like, no. I was like, you, how selfish are you? He's like, what do you mean selfish? I was like, you need to see the Yankees out of both eyes equally. Give me a break. I said, DeGrom is on the mound. I'm going to request that we, she puts on the Mets game on one of the TVs. He's like, fine, fine. He goes, I am, I am from Queens, so I, I guess it's okay. And they, they put the Mets game on the, the other TV. But can you, can you imagine the gall of that guy? You just wanted some sushi, and you ended up getting some sushi, some beef. You got everything. I, could, I couldn't believe it. They're like, well, you're going to get into a fight. Well, he was considerably smaller than me, so I think I could have taken him. But that's not the point. And then people are animals. I want to see the Yankees out of every, at both of my eyes, out of every angle. Give me a break. See, you're, when, you're, I, when I hear stories. You're story- out of your mind. You would <laughs> never do that. When I hear stories like that, I think to myself, am I a fraud Yankees fan for only watching it on one TV? <laughs> only watching it with one eye? <laughs> like, what is, what is the matter with me? No. You're just somewhat of a decent human being. It, come on. If both games were on the Yankees and you were at this bar, I mean, bar restaurant, and I walked up, I said, excuse me, can you do me a favor? Are you cool with us switching one of those to the Mets games? You would have said what? I would have said absolutely. I wouldn't yeah. even had it on two TVs to begin with. But if I did and someone asked to change it, I would certainly not give an attitude or give a problem back to that person. If I go to my left, I want to see him. I go to my right. I mean, unbelievable. All right, quick break. 800-919-3776. The Mets, the Yankees, the NBA, and we'll touch on the Islanders as well. And hopefully this thing, you know, takes a, a, another turn tonight and the Lightning take a 3-1 commanding. 3-1 lead in that series, a, a game you can listen to, a series you can listen to right here on 98.7 ESPN. Tonight starting at 7.30. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Hi, Mike. Rothenberg with you. Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN. A hot one. I just looked at the weather. We have to like 90 today. The summer is here, people. 800-919-3776. Kind of a, a potpourri as we finish up the show. Islanders fans, you're welcome. Welcome to call. Game you can hear 730 tonight on 9870 ESPN. You got to feel a little anxious, right? Down 2-1 against uh, a, a different class of team. But I will say, I mean, you were here against Pittsburgh. No problem. Here against Boston. 
no problem. Get it, getting out of that division is is yeoman's work. But Tampa, different animal altogether. Uh, Nets, a uh, monster game tonight, game seven. They, they Whoever wins that game tonight, you'd have to figure is the, the favorite to win the whole thing, right? Because it sounds like, like Kyrie will come back at some point. And if Harden continues to progress the way he did from game one to uh, from game five to game six, uh, they're going to be a very, very tough out in the postseason. So if it's Philly, if it's Atlanta, whoever wins Milwaukee or, or the Nets tonight, you'd have to think is the favorite to go to the NBA Finals. Then, and then the Clippers without Kawhi, if he doesn't come back, uh, I'd like to see Chris Paul win the whole thing. I really would. And Monty Williams would be a great story. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Dave in Queens. Good morning, Dave. You're on 9870 ESPN. Dave, thanks, brother. I um I have that jingle from your show, your morning show, in my head all week. I love that opening, um, that DCR jingle, man. That we, guy you know, we had a, a listener. Uh, I think his name is Grim yeah. Janya. The li- a listener made the yeah. open for the show. Oh, it's so it's like I I always play it like on uh, I go on the the website whatever I do with the podcast thing. I we play, even if I heard the show, I listen to the jingle. If I you just like the you you just like the open. Big. Oh, no, I love the show, my brother. I listened to the podcast. I caught up. I went away a couple of weeks ago, and I caught up on all the shows the other day. So like when you got hours, back from vacation, out. you went back into the podcast yeah. history yes, books, and you listened to every yes, one that you missed. I went from June 1st to June 8th. I missed all those shows. I caught up with them the other day. I heard You're a loyal listener, Dave. A loyal Big listener fan. to DCR. It's a great show, man. It's great. I appreciate it. What, um, what do you have that. today? I mean that. Yeah. What do you bring okay, to the table? Okay, well, I relate to you a lot of things you say, but um, I really relate to you when you talked about the, the channel situation in bars. That's been going on with me a long time. Uh, what I'll do is I rip, I go to bars a lot, and I go to bars a lot to watch games, and I'll, I I'm, I let people put on things or whatever, but I'm like, I have like an etiquette about it, and that man broke a lot of etiquette, and that's outrageous what he did. I've never even encountered that. No, I couldn't believe, and it was so matter of fact. And he looked at me like I had a, a second head coming out of my shoulders. He's like, he's like, you want to put? He's like, you want to put the Mets game on? I was like, yeah, I want to put the Mets game on. He's like, what? I'm watching the Yankees on both TVs. I was like, both TVs? I mean, there's no bigger yeah, sports was... fan than me, Dave. But how's how? And I and I said to him, I looked him dead in his beady little eyes, and I said, how selfish can you be? Yeah, you're outspoken. You spoke your mind on them, and they don't like that. And and he didn't even get it. That guy should be banned from watching sports. He broke a lot of protocol that day. He really did. Because, like I said, I, I go back to before uh, fantasy and all that was on and everything. And I, I'm a Chargers fan. I couldn't get the Chargers on in the 80s or 90s and he, when they had the little TVs and stuff. And, I, you know, I understood that. But now the Chargers are everywhere. It's, we're very lucky the times we live in. The places do a good job with that. But let me tell you this. I had a story, right, a job I had once. I went into lunchroom to have lunch, and the Yankees were playing the Red Sox live. Right. And I thought that game would be on, and it wasn't on. It, the Mets replay from the 86 World Series was on in the lunchroom of a place I used to work. And the Yankees and were playing guy, live at the time? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this dude was watching, who I knew, and he was kind of a jerk. You know, he was watching the replay of the 86 World Series. This was probably like 10 years ago, and we've all seen it. And I, I just, like, said, let's put the Yankees on. And this guy gave me flack. He was a co-worker. And I, and I had to get other people to intervene because I talked logically like you. I was like, look, Yankees are playing the Red Sox. And plus, because no, a, li- like, a live game always yeah. trumps a taped yeah, game. It does. Yeah. Could you believe the selfishness on that guy? No. And maybe it's the, the blows, same guy. You know? Dave, maybe that guy was <laughs> eating sushi in the restaurant that I encountered someone in the other night. And it's the same guy. And this is just he. And thanks for the call. He he just he barnstorms. That's what he does. He like goes around the tri-state area, hogging televisions for 
you know, less important sporting events or, or having two games on the same channel. The same game. Yeah, I think it could be the same guy. It very well could be. Let's go to uh, th- you talk about someone that loves the show. Jake, you love you love the show, don't you? Not as much as the next caller. Fran in Massapequa. He he loves the show. Good morning, Fran. What's up, Dave? How you doing, my man? I missed you during Stumper Rothenberg, Fran, but I'm happy to talk to you on a Saturday. I couldn't get through. I mean, listen, first of all, let's get something straight. You're becoming a, a kind of a radio legend, all right? And I can't even get through. On, I, I need a special number to get through now on Saturday mornings. It's, I got a call. It's unbelievable. It's hot as a pistol, the show. And it's about time. Listen, you don't got to handle things like that. My nickname is Frankie the Fixer for a reason. So I'm gonna before I get to the sixes and the uh, the ground, I want to offer you my services. You and your family go out. I want to. I'll meet you. I'll sit in the car out in front of the restaurant, wherever you are. You have an issue. There's no reason for a guy like you to get his hands dirty, to get to, to even to even associate with a loser like that at the bar. You text me out front what the problem is. I come inside, nice and easy. I handle it absolutely no problem. Nobody knows you're even involved. And we take care of a guy like that. I'm not talking physical. No physicalness. It doesn't, it doesn't be needed. The right words take care of it. But you don't need to get dirty and speak to guys like that. I, mean, I like that it. Guy so so you, you want to you be well, – let, let me f- get some facts from you, I want to be your security for you and how, your but how big are anybody you? knowing. How big are you and what are you willing to do to keep me safe and protected? I'm six I'm, – listen, I'm six one, about 240. All right. I'm, a, I'm in good shape, but I can fight. I know how to fight. So God forbid it comes down to that. I'll, I'll, I have no problem with. with are you are you wi- are you willing <laughs> are you willing to sacrifice your own personal safety to protect me in a a battle of a television to get the Degrom Mets game on? You and your family, you would have absolutely 100. percent They wouldn't know what was going on. And I'm, right. I'm not claiming I'm a super tough guy, but I I will. I am a soldier in the Dave in the Dave Army, and there's no reason, like I said, you're big enough. You ain't got you ain't got to lower yourself to go to the bar and tell an absolute moron like that. Watching two games, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Hey, I will I will sit out in the car. I get the text. Hey, Frankie, hey, my friend, come on in. Yep, we got, got we got Fran. We got a problem going on in here. I walk away. Maybe I go to the men's room. You I come even, out. They don't even have to know you have a problem. That's I'll right. Take care of it for you. That's right. I like it. I, you're, and 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 for a nominal fee, you're you're hired. What what else you got? Friend. You can't get your hands dirty with stuff no, like that. No, I mean, my, and my hands are buttery soft. It's the last thing you want to have no, happen is for these. I'm talking about even talking to a guy like that. You, he's beneath but, me. Uh, I agree with you. Fran, what do you got? Go ahead. Let's get yeah. back to sports. All right, real quick. Well, I, I, had a, I had a TV story, but I wanted to talk about the Grom and uh, – and then Ben Simmons. You want me to? You want to hear a quick TV story? No, I I would love to right, a different we'll time, but I, but I'm, I'm kind of up against it here. So give me the the Simmons and the right, Grom, and then we'll we'll Number do it one, next you, week. You couldn't be more right with the Grom. You're 100 percent right with the Grom. You can't take chances with an absolute 1,000 percent superstar, a legend of the game. And number two, with 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 Ben Simmons, I've heard a lot of people say how good he is. He's a franchise player. He's a number one, number two guy. You can't win without. He is the most. I'm telling you, by far the most overrated player oh, in the NBA. It, it, when it's you can't gross. even hit a free throw. It, I mean, it, think he, about it. He shoots like thirty percent. Thanks for the call, Fran, and the and the the offer to you know. 
to beat people up on my behalf and just handle anything that we look at as beneath me. But I, I could not agree with you more. I, I am so I can't believe that this guy has, has, I mean, shriveled up to what he has been in this postseason. It, it, it's embarrassing what he's turned himself into. Like that, It's almost like they're winning games in spite of what he brings to the table. All right, this portion of the Dave Rothenberg Show, 9870 ESPN, brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's Tully time. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew and enjoy it responsibly. We close out with some of your calls on whatever you want. I mean, Islanders, huge game tonight. Certainly is on the table. Um, the Nets with a huge game tonight. Tonight's a good sports night. And the nice thing is Yankees, Mets during the day, you get that out of the way, and you focus on huge playoff games tonight. Of course, the Islanders right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN. There's a lot going on. Um, I feel like Jake and Mike have done yeoman's work. I mean, we started the show lauding Ty and, and giving him tremendous congratulations. And, and absolutely, um, we should. He just had a baby, right? Noah Donovan Butler. We're thrilled for him. But here's the thing, and I said this earlier on. Is there a Wally Pip situation, Jake? Um, l- let, me, let me turn to you and ask you this. If management called you and said, we feel like you've done such a great job today, we're going to take Ty off the show with Rothenberg, we'd like to put you on as the full-time producer, would you, and I don't know if it's the honorable thing to do or not, would you say, no, 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 this is Ty's vehicle, I don't want to step on his toes, or would you say, yeah, give it to me, I want it? Well, I know he just had a baby, but Dave, you're my guy. You are my guy, Dave. On the radio station, there's no one I like working with more than one Dave Rothenberg. So, so you would poach his job and, and, and be the full-time producer of the show? Well, I know kids are not cheap, and I know he just had one, so I would feel really bad. But if I knew he wasn't, you know, uh, trying to find work somewhere, if he had another job or if he was given or another if, or show. Or if he just got moved to, say, a lesser role at the station. I would love to work with you every Saturday. Let's just leave it at that. No, no, I don't want to leave it at that. I want to push the, the buttons as best that I can. One more, and then we'll get to a couple calls here, and we'll hand it over to Gordon Damer. I, I have one more for you. Will you be proactive? Is there any chance that you go to management and say, listen, I think the show was special today. Uh, I think Dave's good every week with Ty, but I thought it was at a higher level. I want this. Like, give this to me, and I will continue to produce at this level for Rothenberg. Will you, is there any chance you do that? I don't know about that. I'm already working here, you know, enough hours. But I, as I just said, I would love to work with you every Saturday. Uh-huh. I, I, like, I like where you're coming from. And Ty should be very, very worried about the situation he's putting himself in. Let's go to Eric in Greenville. Eric, you're next up on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, good morning. I just had a quick question. What do you think about DeGrom being a closer for the Mets? If he's going to keep getting hurt like this, he could pretty much just guarantee him a win every time he... Uh, yeah, well, for, first of all, he, he has so much more value as a starting pitcher. And uh, yet you have a closer. And is that what you want? You want to you start throwing him every day or every other day and going out there and pitching an inning? 
I mean, the value no, that he th- – think about this. The value that he – if he goes out there and does what he's capable of doing, gives you seven shutout innings every every time, isn't that tremendously more valuable than, than giving you an inning when you have a lead or when you're in a tie game? It is. It just seems like he keeps getting hurt every time he steps out there, and I don't want something terrible to happen and not have him at all. I was just trying to think of oh, other ways. Let, listen, if, if you said to me real injury and he can't – you know, he's not going to be healthy or I get him in the bullpen. Of course, I'm going to take that. But, I mean, he, he's such a difference maker as a starter. And think about this, Eric. In a short series, to have that, to, you know, the, the, and thanks for the call. The, the, the magical idea for a Mets fan is that you have DeGrom, Stroman, and you, I'm not putting it in an order, Walker, Syndergaard, and Carrasco. I mean, you don't even need five. So you take one of those guys, you move them to the pen. And if I, if, you, if you're going to go DeGrom, for argument's sake, th- things work out perfectly, right? In a perfect world. DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, and uh, it, uh, Walker. I mean, that's that's lights out if all those guys are, are healthy at the right time and we get to October. If they hit it all. They're going to be a brutal out in the postseason. Let's go to Ramon in Garfield. Good morning, Ramon. You're on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Dave. I just Hi, Ramon. To, uh, How are you? you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Uh, congratulate you with uh, Stump Rothenberg on Wednesday. I saw how how you and uh, Rico were despising each other a little bit beforehand, and then once you had that great performance, Rick was just like in awe <laughs> of how great you did. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Wednesday. I think we were. I think it might have been quite possibly the first ever undefeated edition of Stump Rothenberg. I think it was six or seven and zero. Oh. And like, like I said, and thanks for the call and the kind words, Ramon. I was at the doctor this week, Jake, and I told you this earlier on the show. And um, you know, it's it's an emasculating situation, right? I mean, he's probing areas that have rarely, if ever, been probed, and um, you know. Things are happening in the doctor's office, and you're, you're uncomfortable, and you're in your boxer shorts, and people are poking and prodding, and blood is being taken, and blood pressure, and you know they take oxygen levels now, and everything is happening. And he walks in, and um, you know, I'm down to just my underwear, and the first thing he says before, like, all right, how you been feeling? What medicines are you on? You, you, you know, your weight looks really good, like any of these things. The first thing he says, Jake, is, God, that performance on Stump Rothenberg, what a segment. How do you know all this kind of stuff? That's disconcerting, no? You're impressing doctors. Now, at least it wasn't a dentist, though. That would be brutal to have your mouth open being worked on and a dentist trying to talk to you about stump. Yeah, I, I can't stand, actually. It's a great point you bring up. I can't stand, like, the hygienists that try to talk to you as they're, as they're like, you know, cleaning your teeth. It's like, madam, I can't, I can't talk to you now. Right, my, my mouth is wide open, and you're, you're cleaning tartar off of my teeth. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't do that. So, all right, we don't need to get into that conversation. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.